11 o'clock comics episode 200 <laughs> oh, i love you so much i really do yes roll with it nah 11 he's all happy the guy scat man crothers laughing shit jason gets off on shitting on me honest to god <laughs> Well, how's that feel, Vince? It's kind of kinky. Yeah. I don't shit on you, David. What are you implying? I imply you infer. What are you inferring? <laughs> I learned that from Dave Wachter. <sighs> infer? I hardly know her. I know. <clears throat> Balls deep. Three, two, one. E. Mm, e. 11 o'clock comics, episode 240. Huh? No, wait. Seriously? Really up. Three, two, one. Rubble? Yes. Rubble. Get a little closer, Chris. You're you're in the echo chamber again. I know. I'm ba- I'm I'm le- I'm trying to give you some air. Oh, thank you. Three, two, one. E eleven o'clock comics episode two hundred and I wait for that every week. I think that's the best thing about doing this is Dave. Because then that's it. It's all downhill with Dave. Well, no. Uh, I, get lipstick on I don't wear lipstick. Not that lipstick. Preparation H. Anthony? Holy shit. She was abducted by aliens. Yeah. So she's playing on how can you disagree? Really? You can't disagree. Man, I have lots of things I want to get your, get your guys' perspectives on today. Really? Mm-hmm. Like what? Well, then you'll be We'll ready. get into it. Let's get yeah. into it. Let's do our thing. Well, we got a little bit of time here. Oh, Eight really? Why? We've well, only been doing this. Oh, my face. It is your face. My face. We've been recording for a grand total of 25 minutes, and we have about one minute and 30 sure. seconds in the can. By the way, can... Can, uh, yeah, no, you're right, you're right. Can what? No, that's good. No, you're the boss. What's up? I am not the boss. No, you are the boss. I am not the what boss. What the fuck? All right, so now, no, you're, now you're not the boss anymore, David. Uh, thank you. All right. It's that's not good move. to be the boss. Oh, I like that. Yeah, okay, I like the way <laughs> that Chris you know, doing. That, that's awesome. So... Jason, Skyfall See? absolutely fucking blew blew my mind. I was like, I every <laughs> this one, it it was this this bond was it it was personal. There was no there was no like I got to save the world because some satellite's going to like take a chunk out of South America. It was oh. there was a lot going on that I mean, if you follow the Daniel Craig series. There were some nice payoffs, and there were some great payoffs if you were if you were an old school James Bond fan. But I think this is pretty much. I think about it, and I'm like, maybe I do like it more than Casino Royale. I thought Skyfall was just absolutely brilliant. Wow. Yeah, with you, dude. I thought about Quantum of Solace. that that's not that's that's the Mission Impossible and Indiana Jones and and the fucking and the Ocean's trilogy of 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 movies. It's Quantum of Solace. I, I try not to think about that movie. Dude, speaking of Indiana Jones, did you know that George Lucas had has a daughter who's an MMA fighter? Does she? 
to see. Yeah. The and how do I know this? Because I watched Robot Wars with my sons this Jericho! Uh, yes, hosted the, the, by Chris Jericho. And one of the robot battlers is none other than George Lucas's daughter. Wow. Oh, does she have the buns on the side of her head? No, she got the goiter. And it's sent uh, no, she's, got, she's actually got uh, she's actually got the love handles on the side of her waist. <laughs> those, those are usually on George's neck. Yeah, oh, that's dude. what it is. <laughs> that's hey terrible. everybody, it's eleven o'clock comics episode two hundred and fifty-four, and I am Vince B. Yes, you are, and I'm Christopher Neesman. Yeah, yeah, I'm David Price. Oh, you know you are, but I'm better than all of y'all because I'm John Byrne. Wow. <laughs> Say Wait. So yourself. What did he do this week? Not a thing. Oh, okay. You're just talking about the opposite. The awesome. I'm just feel. I feel like being John Byrne this week. Is that oh. all right with you? That's that's fine. That's it. Could be the camp. <laughs> it was either that or Scrappy Doo. So, uh. yeah. yeah. You, you are neither John Byrne nor Scrappy Doo. You are Jason Wood, everybody. And well, if that. you would like to see comics from John Byrne and get them really cheap, you know where you can get them. Where Discount Comic Book Service. It's our Say. sponsor dcbservice.com where you, Mr. and Mrs. Comic Book Aficionado, can get your books at massive discounts. Oh, 35 to 75% off. Check this out. From Kaboom. It's the very first Adventure Time graphic novel. It's called Playing Fire. Written by Danielle Corsetto. We know her. And art by Zach Sterling. Cover price $11.99. Your price, David? What is if it's not eleven ninety nine, five ninety nine exactly five ninety nine. That's fifty percent off. You can get the New Crusaders Dark Tomorrow miniseries from Archie. The first issue, two ninety nine cover price. You can get it for a dollar forty nine. Written by $1. Ian 49. Flynn, who's all sorts of awesome, does great things for Archie. And last but not least, some dude named Jack Kirby once did a, a magazine called. Uh-huh. Uh, in the days of the mob and you can get a newfangled hardcover version of this book cover price 39.99 but your price 19.99 50 percent off remember a couple things you should remember previews is now available in digital form and you can score a copy for a lousy dollar 12 be good to the environment there's no paper involved. You get everything in the paper version on your desktop for a dollar twelve. It's you get a little email message when it's available. They don't have to put you don't have to wait for your box. It's awesome. It's the future is what it is, right? Also, if you are a, a tardy person like David and you miss that final order cutoff, you can or, still order stuff. They will take your order. Isn't that great? I don't think tardy means what you think it means, man. Retardy. <laughs> And oh, that's messed up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, but it's, so, it's, so, so, so is the guy who coined retarded. Thank you very much. <laughs> and if yeah, you I don't are, know what you're talking about. if you are <laughs> a first it's time like, insens- insensitive bastard, that, yeah, that was, that was you should be ashamed of yourselves. That's the doctor's new companion, insensitive <laughs> bastard. And if you're a first time discount comic book service user, you can get an additional eight percent off by entering this code into the pre-moisten slot. David, what's that code? EOC8. Oh, it's amazing technology. Oh, it sound like he cares. He does care a lot. Uh, we'll know. net you an extra 8% off your order. They are, to put it simply, they are the best. DCB. Oh, now I got to do the Earl again. DCB service. I got to do it again. You guys keep shitting on me. <laughs> oh! DCBService.com. How do they not know it by now? 
Well, we I would Chris, like there to are think new listeners every episode, oh, just like comic books. It's, 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 it's like it's there's new comic book podcast. Yeah. Yes. there's new there's new comic book fans all the time. What Wait a I, second, David? dude. We I'm have dope. new listeners all the time, as witnessed by our ever increasing. And thank you for this, by the way. Apple ratings. Yes. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Oh god. Ah. <laughs> We're entirely tolerable, which is great. Yeah, I like that. That's my favorite. I like to think I'm tolerable. It's like most nights, three quarters of you guys are good. But here's well, the thing: if someone favorite. was, if someone writes a review where they say you're entirely tolerable, mm-hmm. I actually think it's a really big compliment because the kind of person that would take the time to write that is clearly someone that's like misanthropic, right? Like they don't yes. see much, they don't get much out of life, and so like they basically that's it's akin to them saying we're awesome, really. Well, if you look at the star rating, he, they did give us five, I believe. So that's what I'm saying. So yeah. you know, which is nice. Hey, Chris. Yeah. Do your thing, buddy. Um, if for all of the new listeners out there, we've been known to have <laughs> a. a, a <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, was that not on mute? Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I that said was, that to think it. That was such a subtle attack. I can't believe it. <laughs> it was the Neesman landmine. Oh, I was gonna step on shit. it. That's yeah. awesome. so, uh, yeah, this, this here is the drink roll call where we yes. talk about what we are uh, between tonight's uh, episode. It's going to be one of those nights. I'm high-fiving you, Jason. Uh, Vince, why don't you start us off this week? I am drinking, not water, oh, but good. Dunkin' Donuts yeah. coffee because I love it. Nice. Okay. All right. Well, good. Are and, you eating? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, again. Go yeah. I'm covering all the bases, buddy. You're eating. Okay, good. Um, and coffee's not a food group, Vince. Yeah, not a food it is group. in my house. Huh. Uh, David, how about you? Uh, I am back on that 1792 Ridgemont Reserve. Oh, yes, you are. All righty. And uh, Mr. Wood? I'm drinking Diet Dr. Pepper. It's one in every group. Christopher. Uh, you know why? I, there is a reason. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, not to Not to bring the show down. But one of my best friends' dads passed away yesterday, Aww. and so I got to go to the funeral slash viewing tomorrow. So you know, I don't want to want to be uh, you know. So I want to I want to be of clean mind to get a nice early sleep. And usually after we've done the show, it takes me a while to fall asleep. So I want to just be able to hit the sack. I hear you, yeah, Christopher. Uh, yes. Do you have that set on cardioid? Maybe. Which one do I need to be on here? It's the one that looks like a firm buttocks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that where it needs to be? Yeah, because it, it just sounds like we're picking up background noise. And oh, okay. It, yeah. I, Ooh, that I, sound, I, sounds okay. good. I can always switch to the other one. No, no, no. Leave it on cardioid. Cardioid. Okay. I mean the other headset. Cardio? Um, I am drinking uh, uh, my Christmas present from Sal. <gasps> what it is? Uh, it's a, a bottle. I'm not drinking the whole bottle. Uh, not yet, anyway. Uh, it's uh, the Van Winkle Special Reserve. It's the nice. uh, Happy Van Winkle 12-year-old from Lot B. It's a wonderful 90-proof bourbon, and I'm enjoying every Jesus. every little... Oh, that's not... That, dude, that's 90's not a really... That's not a really hot bourbon. It's Whenever you start getting into the 100, 107, 120's, it's, but 90, you know, 90's nice. So it's, it's hot a, enough for me. Nah, it's not. It's, it's very, very smooth. Wonderful bourbon. Cool. So there you go. So let's do the thing we've gathered here to do. Let's talk yeah, about you. some comics. But 
do we want to do a live tweet first to start us off here? Yes. Because you know what? We've been neglecting our live we tweets. We have been. But yes. All live tweets all the time. For good reason, though. Because uh, we had a couple guests on past few weeks. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. Uh, up, up, update on that really uh, quickly. Uh, Ryan Brown from last week, uh, who had gotten to, what, like $20,000 when we had him on, um, is now almost or has he eclipsed forty thousand dollars and it's very close yeah yeah so he is uh with like 20 days to go so if you have not gotten the uh, god hates astronauts uh kickstarter gotten involved with that do it now it's uh it's going it's going crazy so and hey uh listeners Mm -hmm. let him know that uh if 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 we were the first that you heard of him let him let him know because i know a few people have done that because he uh, I, I chatted with him briefly about the uh, the Kickstarter uh, the the panel thing, and uh, he told me that a bunch of people have uh, have told him that they pledged because of of, of us. So awesome. that's awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. Thank you, thank you, listeners. Yeah, could we do a live tweet? Yeah. All sure. right. So Dan, Mister Dan Pua, our uh, our buddy and listener and community member, said, uh, "What are?" I think it's a great question. What are some of the things that you love other than crossed for Vince that most people don't? Mm. I can't say crossed. That's off the table. Yeah. Mm. Well, one, I mean, I think the first thing that comes to mind, I'm sure for everyone, is curling and Chris. Um, but uh, <laughs> beyond that, uh, no, I think, um, I mean, based on like listener interests or like feedback, I would say um, I have talked a number of times, including uh, a week or two ago or last week, I guess, about uh, like, like, erotic comics like porn comics and i would say that's certainly not something that the majority of listeners would be into right uh, uh in, in along similar lines uh and this is going to get chris going i absolutely love tarot witch of the black rose and mm-hmm. I, it's it's lowbrow it's base it's just tna but there's something about the book i love it i just it's been I, running forever man how many yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i like titties what am i gonna say that's true not yeah, man This has to just apply to comics, although I guess we should maybe if right, it can be anything. I think. Um, I have a huge infatuation for Japanese noise. <laughs> I do, and that that turns ninety nine point nine percent of the people off. It's just, I, and I love that stuff too. Miserable. Oh man, well, I really do like the Ang Lee Hulk movie. That's oh, a good one. God. Oh, it's terrible. It's divisive. Yeah, uh, all right, good. I like. I like it. Yeah. Um, I like it better than the second one. I kind of do at times too. Yeah. There, there, there aren't a lot of things in the second movie that I'm like, oh, that was awesome. But I really like the way Ang Lee did the Hulk movie. I like and I, 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 Ellis I, novels. What do you like? Brett Easton Ellis novels. Okay. I've never read them. There you go. And why don't most divisive. people? Really? No, I think I think most people uh like his uh his more uh established stuff, but I don't think I think he's an he's a writer who people have felt sort of peaked early and then the stuff he's put out in the last segment of his career has been shite. And while I definitely think that um his more recent works have been uh not as accomplished as his original stuff, I still find a lot of value in them and I, I I've enjoyed them. Like Glamorama and Lunar Park and Imperial Bedrooms, like I, I definitely don't. I'm not going to sit there and say that they're anywhere near as good a, a books as as Less Than Zero or American Psycho. But I still find them, especially as a satire of the time he was writing them, as a snapshot of that time period, to be pretty brilliant. 
but I think I'm in the minority there. I think most people that have read his earlier stuff think highly of that, but I think most people also think that his last few books have been total crap, and I don't, I don't agree. Hmm. I get told to read American Psycho a lot. You would love it, dude. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure of that. And 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 actually, it's, his works because he is a, a satirist. I, I think they are definitely much like comics. Frankly, um, they're very dated in 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 who reads them. Like I can't fathom a eighteen year old kid reading uh, American Psycho or Less Than Zero and getting much out of it because right. he has so many specific references to pop culture things of that moment. And so, unless you lived at that period of time and have direct cognitive you know uh relevance to those to those times it just it, i think it would take you out of the story completely um but anyway yeah and uh for me i would say um uh chris 918 posts <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> so you mean mario <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez nice. no let's not start that no yeah. let's not it's not oh my mario. god and stop sending me pms about it <laughs> Jesus. God. We just got to keep you in the loop, buddy. Good work. One more before we jump into something else? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you got one? Uh, no. I do. Um, what comic covers provoke strong nostalgia for time and place? That's from Mr. Todd Strickland. Wow. Hmm. Wait, what was the question? What comic covers provoke uh, a strong nostalgia for you it if i had oh. me it's mostly 80s stuff i um the the second issue of, of the blade runner adaptation that marvel put out and actually one one cover that always seems to bring me back to massachusetts to visiting my grandparents that that new teen titans cover it's a group shot but deathstroke is behind the the picture shooting at it and and mm-hmm. it's just it's it's fraying away i i love that cover um giant oh i'm sorry go ahead no no go ahead i'll look uh, up the, the the issue number uh giant size x-men through like x-men 200 any of those covers um hits a a nostalgia button for me um the first six issues of alien legion uh mm. Gosh, I mean, there's, I there's, oh yeah, um, the, any of the, any of the, the four covers, uh, from Frank Miller's Wolverine series. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely oh, nice. agree with that. Uh, I definitely think the, um, uh, the, uh, ironically considering what just came, came out, uh, the, the, the Death of the Family covers, um, cause that was like the first thing I ever read from DC. Um, and I got them as a gift. It's like one of the few times in my life I actually got a gift, comic related gift from like, relatives that was actually like cool or something I didn't have <laughs> um, for me like uh, the the first two Alpha Flight covers dude mm-hmm. oh, oh yes. dude I mean uh, I just that first one with everybody from the Marvel yeah, Universe there awesome, dude. Yeah. yep and then Marina with the like the, you know when she was going bonkers and then uh, yeah Aurora no, that, with all the the, the the like the jungle gym oh yeah black yeah that's, mm-hmm. that's a, one right. of my all, one of my all-time favorites that that hits the nostalgia sweet spot would be like the new mutant special number one the art adams yep, yep. oh art adams or alan davis yeah. on the angels mm-hmm. yeah oh god you know, this, yeah this question kind of makes me a little sad because well, covers, suck covers aren't what they used to be well oh, yeah, that well. and the fact that to uh with few exceptions all of my nostalgia uh for my formative years in comics is triggered by Marvel. And 
uh, it just kind of makes me sad because I could not be more removed from that company these days. I just don't that, care what they states. do. That's not. And that's what I, I mean. mean it, that's kind of, it makes me kind of sad because I wish uh, there's a part of me that wishes I, I was steeped in the Marvel stuff again. But they do. They're just. I'm just not interested. You know, like okay. I, I think the most nostalgic covers aside from the amazing spider-man ones that we always talk about 135 Mm -hmm. you know all those covers the covers to the marvel treasury editions for the holiday grab bags those books i can tell you just by the cover where i was when i first read that where i bought Mm -hmm. it the like the the whole day what i did when i got home uh the same thing with marvel planet of the apes magazine i I can tell you based on the cover where I was when I read that, what time of the the what season it was, and then of course like creepy and eerie. I, I, all mm. those are just huge triggers for me. But um, Howard the Duck number one, I can remember yep. the first time I saw that on the stands and just being blown away that it had the mar like it said Marvel. I was like, what is this? You know, well, I it, think too. I mean, when you talk about like again, as I think like like probably all of us, you know, I I guess when I look back on my time as a comics fanatic it's like i think of like the the moments i remember like when i I started going to like a different lcs or like you know i started like maybe went to the first con so like things like um like god i mean when all those x-men number one covers came out that was i remember that as being a huge deal (laughs) Um, young blood number one and spawn number one were huge oh like again because it just it revokes that time you know which is a very exciting time savage Savage dragon definitely great Um, great cover great cover i i was i was amazed how giddy i got whenever uh uh somebody posted the marvel team up of captain britain and spider-man the those two those two issues uh and i was just like oh man that takes me back to a you know a really really happy time another thing I, i Really, the only period of my life when I gave up comics in college, and then shortly thereafter, um, I, I the the age the age of apocalypse stuff evokes a huge uh, um, imprint for me in terms of timing because I walked in. I was I had just gotten an apartment in Hoboken, New Jersey, and uh, I was just kind of walking around the area with 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 my then girlfriend, now wife, and we were just you know walking around checking out the stores, getting the lay of the land, and like we walked a block down from where my apartment was, and this tiny little comic book store was there. And I was like, oh, man, I'm like, oh, let me go in here and check this out. And, the, and literally that was, I mean, if, if I hadn't walked in that store, who's to say I ever would have gotten like full bore back into comics. But I went in there and it's like that rush of like it's like being, you know, like a it must be like, like, you know, being a drug addict must be. And then you, you sort of you, you're, you get your four year clean pin and then you, you, you try it again and you're hooked. You know, I walked in. And it was this little store, and and the 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 guy that ran the store and owned it was a, absolutely like batshit insane. Um, but like I'm looking around, and I just said, "Hey, you know, I used to be a, really into comics." But I had, and then we just started talking it up, and he starts pulling pulling issues off the shelf, and the stuff he pulled off the shelf because I told him I was a big X Men fan was was the Age of Apocalypse stuff, and it was back issues. You know, it had come out mm-hmm. a year or two before, mm-hmm. but he was like, "Oh, you got to read this. It's a great story." And I ended up buying like the whole Age of Apocalypse run that day, and went and read it and loved it. And then pretty much ever, you know, that was you know fifteen, sixteen years ago, and I've you know had a pull list and or a you know ever since. So, I mean, yeah. that that definitely brings me back to that period of time. I gotta say, Marvel punched me in the face. Bronze Age Marvel. Punched me in the face, threw me down, got me in a figure four leg lock. I could not get away. I, I couldn't. I couldn't look away. Really, uh, 
Monsters Unleashed, Tales of the Zombie, Dracula Lives, all those books, Savage Tales. It it was Mm -hmm. like they they were speaking to me. And those are the books that as soon as I see those covers, it's 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 a way back machine. And it sucks. They They took a lot of chances then. And oh yeah! Oh yeah! That's that's the most diverse time in Marvel history. Was another one too for me. Uh, Avengers, the original series number nine, um, which uh, again way way before my time originally, but I, that evokes a memory for me of a time period because that's the first, or I'm pretty sure it's the first, but it's it's the one I, I most immediately remember of like a high grade old back issue that I bought. Yeah. Like, it was the first Avengers old-school issue I really ever acquired, and so I just remember it being a time when I kind of was, you know, I was older, I was starting to make some money, and mm-hmm. it was like kind of a foreign to, oh, damn, I could buy some of these old issues now, like, I can, you know, I'm kind of, I can do that, that'd be fun to do. So, it's, but that was the first one. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned Avengers, because I have a, a poster of Avengers number one in my office, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, I I look at that poster every day, and the more I've looked at it, the more I've I've come to understand that that might be the greatest comic book cover in the history of the medium. It is no. it is it is so absolutely perfect. It is such a perfect cover. It's perfect. Absolutely, it's good. It is really good. It's it's perfect. It is the the design to it. It it, it that is the uh, cover of the uh, Avengers Omnibus. Well, there's a couple different versions, but that's the cover I yeah. chose when I got my Omnibus. Yeah, it's it is an absolutely perfect cover. Uh, I, it, the, Kirby's genius is absolutely on display with that cover. Mm-hmm. I, it's I amazing. Love, um, uh, and it's it's I knew it was in the 30s. It's it's issue 34 of the New Teen Titans, but also. Um, Batman number four hundred four, the first part of uh, year one with Bruce. Oh, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I mean, how many Daredevil covers by Miller? For sure, for sure. I mean, you know, so yeah, there there are just and and it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, I am beyond over the whole pinup look of of that that covers have had for the past decade oh, yeah. the, the, stock, the stock cover i mean two more and again this is a little i mean the one's going to sound cliche but it's it's it i think things become legendary status for a reason i mean the first cover to watchmen i mean i remember being in the lcs being like what is that you know i mean i really yeah. i was like you know i'm like well I, what, what is this i don't get it you know and i asked the guy what is this and he's like oh, you should try it and i'm like okay you I mean, should try it <laughs> no because well again because then i was a, a purely i bought every marvel comic that came out but i didn't read anything else but you know but i see this weird this weird cover with this smiley face and i'm like what is that and he you know he's like give it a try but um and then the the other one which is not really a comic book cover per se but it was um the uh the, the new mutants graphic novel Oh yeah, yeah, I remember being like, "What is this? Like a graphic novel? Not graphic like, novel? Like, what?" Um, and like, "Oh, it's, it's eight bucks. What? Like, you know?" But um, or maybe it was five bucks. It was eight bucks. Uh, four four ninety five. Okay, so it was oh, five really? bucks, right? Okay, yeah. So, but I remember being like, "Oh man, I I gotta get this." Like, it just it just drew me in. I'm like, "What? What's like a box? It's bigger it's a book with comics in it." That is, uh, <laughs> I, I love I, man kills. Mm-hmm. The 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 first um that that's yeah, a, Delta a, Captain Anderson Marvel. art. Yeah, with the Pieta cover, the the um uh, uh the first issue of Excalibur where they're all standing on on the oh, rooftop. Oh God, I love with it so the, much. With the, with the, with the, with the with you mean Paul. the cover he parodied himself many many, many, many times? times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Each time with a different character underneath, snickering, looking up at the group. Uh, and and I mean there have been some some pretty funky mage covers from the first series because they were they were double sided 
covers, but yeah, um, wrap stuff too. Wrap around. That's what I was trying to yeah. say. But yeah, no, there there are the the Mike Zek covers for Deathstroke. The first couple of those oh, true. that series. I mean, they're just or even even you know even um, the enough said oh, issues. The, the Zek uh, Punisher Warzone. Not even, no, not the war zone. The whole oh, the, the mini, the, yeah, the mini, yeah. the, the mini series that became yeah. an ongoing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oops. With that last issue by by Wolfsburg and and uh, was it Duffy? Because they couldn't. Because for some reason, depending on who you talk to, either the contract was only for four issues, or or someone dropped the ball and and um, Grant and Zach were ready to do the fifth issue, but something happened and uh, they ended up getting Duffy and and. Mike Vosberg, who I knew from G.I. Joe and, and inking other people, but I mean, it, it's, it's no Zach. So it was, it was a little bit of a letdown with that fifth issue. Wow. There you go. Nice. Good EOC uh, live tweets. Respect. Yeah. What do we want to talk about? Well, er, I mean, there's a, there's a uh, death in the family this week, apparently, right? Um, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I haven't read that, but but actually, funny you bring that up because I did read uh, the entirety of Death of the Family, and I read the first arc of John Layman's run on Detective Comics this week. Oh, uh, cool. Um, how was Death of the Death in the, Was it Death of the death Family? Death of the Family. Yeah. yeah how death. was that? Um, well, I only I should say I only read the the main the Batman book. I didn't read ah, any of the smart. the related stuff. Yeah. Um, I thought it was I thought it was good, you know. I I um, you know, as 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 you guys know, I I'm, I'm not steeped in Batman history like many. I I, you know, I've probably read less than 50 or 60 Batman comics. Oh, you know, it's got to be more than that. It probably is more than that, but I mean, I I was not I've never been a regular reader of of, right. of any of the Bat books, you know. Um no, you know, including the Morris and stuff. Yeah, it, but but other than the more modern stuff, I haven't read much Batman. And the, and like the the quote-unquote classic Batman run uh, arcs. Um so but I have been enjoying Snyder's run. Um and this is, you know, just a continuation. Um you know, I I think I think that Snyder it's cool that he he clearly is a is a fan of the character and its history. And I think he did a neat job of of paying homage to some of the classic Batman versus Joker moments with a, a modern st- sadistic twist to it. Like, what if these moments happened in uh, in the modern cruel world that like comics are set in today? So I thought that was cool. Um, I, I I personally thought that the the ending, like I, I liked what the death in the family quote unquote symbolized. Um, but if I had to fault the thing at all, it would be that the way the the arc ends vis-a-vis how the Joker is dismissed, I thought it was a little cornbone. I thought it was a little too much. I mean, it was like a direct rip slash homage to Moriarty going over the falls. And I was like, really? I'm like, I don't know about that. Like, it just seemed a little too like there wasn't a lot of nuance there. But overall, again, I mean, he and Capullo continue to kill it. I mean, I thought there were a lot of cool moments. You know, the Joker is much different in this book than by design than we've seen in a long time. I mean, um, like, I'll tell you this, the Joker is in this book physically himself a killer, you know, like he's physically killing people. He should which, be. Right, but, but it's been a long time since we've seen that, right? I mean, like he, he uh, and, and I don't know how to, I don't know how to get into this without doing a little spoilage, so forgive me, those of you who... 
but like in the first issue of the of the death of the family the joker shows up to the precinct in gotham and turns the lights out and uh he is like mocking jim gordon the whole time and you just every now and then you and you know the panels are mostly black every now and then you hear like somebody scream and the joker is like he's telling some sick joke about each officer and then he's snapping their necks and then the lights come on and like jim gordon sitting in the center of the room like holding his gun trying to like look around and every other cop in the in the room has their necks snapped and are dead and it was just the joker going around the room like killing them like one by one i mean that's pretty dope like that's like i'm like damn now that's someone that is that should be batman's arch nemesis you know like that's it's also that a I really can... good way to do it because he's not falling on the old chestnut of killing a third or fourth string character. He's killing cops. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It, that's pretty damn smart. Um, you know, he, he, he does some cool stuff with Arkham. He does some real cool stuff with the idea of the sanctity of the Batman identity in the Batcave and – in, you know, and sort of layers in the way I guess Johns did when he was at his best. Snyder introduces some history to the Joker and the Batman in terms of like identities and locations and what they really knew about each other's past stuff. With he kind of like interjects it as if it's always been there without like you know really changing anything. And like, I'm, I'm trying to be a little evasive about that because I don't want to. That's kind of a a big, I think one of the cooler parts of the book. So I don't want to come out and blurt that out but but the net of it is i think it's a it was really another really well executed arc um and like all things i think some people complain that like at the end of it nothing's really changed but that's that's just the superhero trope now that like that that's you can't blame an author for that like you cannot you you, you can't read big two superhero comics and get mad at an author for resetting the table at the end of an arc or two because that's their job you know they're just doing their job and so in that regard all you can do is think, tell a compelling story. And if the story holds up on its own, you accept that either he's going to put the ta- the pieces back to together or whoever takes the book over after is going to reset the table the way they want. And that's just the way it is. So I can't hold that against an author. I just can't, you know. Like if that's bothersome to you, you probably shouldn't be reading these comics anymore, you know. Um, so cute. yeah, overall, I liked it quite a bit. I can't say the same for um, the layman detective stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and And again – that's where if any I don't know if any of you guys have read any of it yet but I'm very much a fan of John Layman's Chew as you know I think it's terrific it's one of the best books I read each month um, and I can't say he did a poor job I mean it's it's the first arc and, and it seems to me that like hardcore Batman fans seem to be enjoying it um, I don't have really anything bad to say about it but I guess that's the problem like to me that arc read very much more like a, just a conventional Batman superhero story and I'm not suggesting that that's bad if you're a Batman diehard Batman fan you probably love that just like I could probably read five Wolverine stories in a month and enjoy them just because that's a character I've always liked you know it's so so but I'm just not a big enough Batman fan that like just another Batman arc is kind of how I felt you know Jason Fabox the artist I'm not too familiar with his work I think he's very he's a very adequate artist but again like it's difficult to juxtapose what I'm seeing in terms of how he's drawing Batman how he's drawing Damien how he's drawing the new Joker juxtaposed directly against what Capullo is doing you know it's like mm-hmm. it's sure. like it, it's it's like uh you know the young padawan versus you know uh, obi-wan like it's just <laughs> the padawan may be badass compared to like the average person in the star wars universe but he's not obi-wan you know what i mean like it's just he's not greg capullo and that's maybe unfair because well, it's like yeah no i know and that's but i again, think Capullo's more of a mace windu 
Maybe, but if you're putting the books out, you know, at the same time, right, and you're asking me to read them concurrently, I can't help but judge them against one another, you know, fair or not. That's just, that's my experience as I read them, you know, in the same week. And I just thought, okay, you know, again, I don't have any real complaints about detectives. Like, I don't want people to jump into the forum and be like, dude, detectives dope. Like, it's, and I'm, and from what I hear, it's much better executed than what detective was with the prior writers. So cool. Like, but I won't be continuing that. Like, it just was, it was what it was. I mean, it's it's fine, standard Batman comics, you know. Whereas Snyder continues to add a layer to it that is compelling to me. He's 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 doing things in it in a more sort of um, not just nuanced, but in a in a little bit of a modern way. And he's telling stories that I don't feel have been told before, at least not in the way he's telling them. You know, so. Hmm. I guess none of you guys are. I'm guessing from the. None of you are reading any of this, I'm guessing? Not at the moment, no. I don't read single issues. There you go. Yeah, I'm reading the Snyder Capullo Batman in the hardcovers. Okay. But the only Batman book I'm buying is uh, Batman Incorporated. That one I'm – yeah, that one I'm reading in in, in hardcovers. Yeah, I'm doing both on that. Are you going to be spoiled with what happens in issue No, because – No, I I read what happened. He planted those seeds a long time ago. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I'm just, just gonna spoilers that he was gonna kill Damien. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, he said that on quite a few interviews. I mean, he he said from the very beginning that he had a, an arc and it was gonna break break fans' hearts at the end of the of the series. So I don't I mean it seemed like a fairly logical deduction, but yeah. I don't know. Pe- people seem to get mad for like the sake of being mad because yeah, I feel like and again, I haven't read it. I'm not gonna read it, but it sounds lame because of what I've heard, and I hate it. Yeah, it's like it's the same thing we went through with Superior Spider-Man, right? It's like, oh, Slot's evil. Uh, he, I want to kill him before the book even came out, yo. And then it's like, well, I mean, you're totally free not to like something. Like, that's our prerogative as fans. But, like, I mean, how can you not like it before it comes out? Like, you can not like the premise and then just don't buy the book. But, like, yeah. does that – I don't I don't understand how, like – I totally get reading previews or seeing a, a thing on Newsarama or Leading Cool or iFanboy and being like, ah, it doesn't sound like it's for me. And they're just not getting it. Like, I get that, yeah. that we all do that. Mm-hmm. But, like, to read it and then get, like, viscerally ignorant over it before you've absorbed it. Like, that doesn't, I don't understand yeah. that. Like, I don't, I don't, that doesn't compute. I yeah. Just, so. yeah. But so, I but, think everyone that does complain should reread Batman 666 before mm-hmm. they, you know, draw the conclusions because there are some things that Morrison put in there that make the waters a little murky, let's so, just say. So waters, like in a pit? In the pit. <laughs> How about, David, what you said. His, his freaking grandfather bathes in the Lazarus thing. It's like, dude. It's like, I just, that's what I said I, in our forum. When so I said, listen, I said, I'm not the biggest Batman fan, but I said, the homeboy's Rosh, Rachel Ghoul's grandkid, kid, yeah. right? I mean... Like mm-hmm. he's 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 dead up until the time the guy who replaces Morrison says, "Let's bring Damien back." Right. All right, cool. I'm sure there's some Lazarus Pit in Sri Lanka that we can have him come out. Of. I mean, you know, like yeah. it's it's that simple. Like Even it's the that, Lazarus. Like, his his mom owns a few of them. That's what I'm saying. Like it's it's yeah. he's like how can you if of all characters to be quote unquote upset that they're going to be killed off like. And a descendant of Al Ghul is not one of them, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's in yeah. comics. It's in the "quote unquote" comics continuum that that family can come back from the dead. So they've done it numerous times. Um, it was kind of funny. I was uh, CNN had uh, uh, you know most shocking moments in comics history today. It's kind of to dovetail off the 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 Damian Wayne news, and 
majority of them were deaths that didn't stick in every every death that they that they mentioned i mean up until like you know professor x and avx it was just like it's like none of these have stuck or are gonna stick that's the that's my only thing it sounds like morrison has had this plan for a while but at some point can we stop using this crap as as promotion and focus on the stories, it's 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 that kind of stuff that I get bored with. Well, it's they like, can't oh. because the stories aren't that good. Yeah. Okay. You know. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Well, Chris, you bring up an interesting point, and maybe this is going to be easy, or because you just read this article, which probably listed a bunch of them. But like, if you were to say to the rest, like, what are the quote unquote memorable deaths in comics for for all of us, right? Like, to, and I'm and I mean at the moment, not like. That we look back on them because they've been reversed, but I mean, obviously, to me, like Death of Captain Marvel, right? Like that—that that would be because that was. No, that's, the gold, that's the gold standard. But that's—I'm saying, right? That would be one. Um, Death of Superman again because of the significance of it in, to me, like from comics history. Like the that first, was a the, bananas time to be a comics yeah. fan, right? Like the, I mean, the, what X Men? What one thirty-seven? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Death of Gwen <laughs> Stacy, right? That's your buddy. That's your buddy, Jerry Conway. <laughs> I know. Actually, I just read, I was just you're making me think uh, Marvel Untold Story has quite a few anecdotes about that that whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Taking over. So, yeah, it's just a uh, sour taste in my mouth, but uh, what do you think? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't wait for us to all talk about that book. The uh, Yeah, there aren't, um, well, I guess, actually, no, I don't even, I can't. I, I, I can't Ro- say that. Roger, Roger and, and BPRD was big, and that stuck and will stick. Wait, Roger died? Okay, then. Well, what? And B- thanks, Chris. Oh, God, that was like eight <laughs> fucking years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I want to talk about a death. Yeah? When, when I get into it, yeah. It's big doings, I think. Okay. Um, Do you guys still read Elephant Men? Uh, I mean, in the hardcovers, so it's been a long oh, time since I've read it. Okay, well, dude, do um, not worry about spoiling it. At least on my book, I mean, I, I, it, it could be years before I read it. I, I just, it, I buy them when they come out or when I'm, I see, when I see, uh, see Richard at a con, but, but they just sit on, you know, they'll sit on my shelf until I kind of get the inkling okay. to catch up. What? Because we read so many books, um, a lot of titles kind of fall by the wayside. I haven't read Elephant Men in at least. 20 issues, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I, I've been buying them, letting them stack up because I love the book. And this weekend I reminded myself how much I love the, the title and I got caught up on Elephant Men. And uh, I read issues, I read a bunch of them, but the ones I want, I want to talk about, I read issues 40 to 45 of the Elephant Men uh, title and I read the Hip Flask Ouroboros one-shot Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, it's drawn by Ladron. Drawn by Ladron. That should be his tagline. Um, of course, Starking wrote it, but there is a big, big death in this issue. I don't know if I should say. Because uh, are you guys still there? It it, it may be. It, it's a huge spoiler, but uh, a very, very beloved character is assassinated. And uh, uh, it, it kind of pulls good old hip flask and um, uh, his uh, gal Friday um, into the uh, 
uh, Vanity, that's her name, into the, the fold. And there's time travel involved in it. And uh, it's not finished. <laughs> and, and this series, this Hip Flask series, has been coming out since what? Jeez, uh, 90, no, 98 was the first part of this this arc came out? Let's see. Uh, I have it here on my, my damn computer. The first part is uh, Unnatural Selection. That came out in 2002. Um, and this is the culmination of this Hip Flask series. Started by uh, Starkings and Joe Casey, right? Yeah. All drawn by, by our buddy Ladron. And you should see the art in this book. Oh, good God. Uh, it, it, he, he's all over the place. And it's, and it's all fantastic. The, there's a prelude that goes back into the, uh, the history of Mapo and uh you know just how they came to be and and what um uh Nikkei did to to the the females in Africa to to get the gestation process to work and it's bloody and it's violent but it's it's I don't want to say standard Ladron but if you've seen the Inhumans that he drew for Marvel yeah it, it's along the lines of that art but once he gets into the story proper he, there are uh, flashes of Ramitas, both junior and senior in this art. It's gorgeous. Like, uh, you, you'll have one page that looks like old school Ladron, and then he just shifts gears on you, and it, it looks like Ramita Sr. drew it. And there's even some pages that look like Jamba Sima drew it. Well, that's my spot right there. It's it's crazy how good Ladron is. Um, and it's it's nasty, it's violent. Uh, and it, it all hinges on the silencer. You remember the silencer, Jason. Did you read past issue like 16? Yeah. Okay. Well, the silencer uh, has uh, cancer, which has nothing to do with this. But in the regular hip uh, Elephant Men series, we, we are uh, told that the silencer has cancer and he has to keep injecting himself with drugs to, to stem off the, the progress of the disease. And the drugs are derived from transgenic DNA. So nice. not only is he killing transgenics, that's his thing now. He's an assassin for hire that kills elephant men. But elephant men are, in a sense, keeping him alive. It's pretty freaking brilliant. But in this, the, uh, the, the silencer pops um, a very, very beloved character. And naturally... Uh, well, screw it. It's Sahara. Sahara is assassinated. <gasps> yeah, well, I'm, can you get any bigger? Ah! I mean, aside from killing Horn. Spoilers. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sahara is the the, the elephant men's queen in a sense. They all pretty much worship her. Yeah. Um, and it's and it me. sets off this this huge chain of reaction chain uh, where Hip Flask and Vanity go back in time to warn. Sahara that she's about to get killed. Really? Yeah, it's nuts. But the the real I mean the story's great. But the real draw, oh, you need to see Ladron's art. Good God. It's gorgeous. He's awesome. He is He's he, awesome. The dude is a master. I, I'm not a i am not reluctant to say that. He is a certified master of the of the craft. The guy is fantastic. Um and uh but in the in the regular series, there's so much going on in Elephant Man. It, it, the continuity is so deep where y you have uh, the silencer running around, you know, popping transgenics. 
um, and you'll love this. I, I literally laughed out loud. I don't like to say literally, but I did. I laughed out loud. Issue 40 on the credits page. It says, Richard Starkings, words. Tony Parker, pictures. Blonde, colors. And Chris Burnham, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> they give Chris Burnham That's a damn funny. credit, and he doesn't do anything at all in this book. That's funny. Yeah, but it, it's really cool. Bur Burnham will tell you that his work on Elephant Men really... Um, turned a corner for him artistically. Oh, yeah. Oh, no yeah, question. It's, yeah. Yeah. But this is a great issue. Uh, the silencer's former employer uh, barges into the the, uh, the uh, eye in the sky and um, demands that uh, Kasaba Joe produce the silencer because he knows that Kasaba Joe is just not a restaurant proprietor. He's got shit going down on the, on the side. And uh, he demands that Kasaba produce the silencer, and he starts picking off patrons, just killing patrons left and right until he produces them. Uh, and eventually the shit hits the fan, but Sahara has a body double now. And both of them have been impregnated by Horn's uh, little swirly curlies. They're both pregnant. <laughs> children. It's, it's nuts. Um and of course, then you have these uh, evangelists that that are vehemently opposed to this. That it's a it's a crime against God and against man, and it's so deep. Uh, and then Hip Flask and um, what's his name, um, the Elephant uh, Ebony, are, are uh, researching it, and they get pulled into another thing. Mickey, Hip, uh, Hip's girlfriend, is they're kind of estranged, and she's sucking face with a human. I mean, there's so much to this book that I can't let 20 issues go by anymore. It's mm. too much to catch up on, you know? Uh, and and the, just the back matter. Oh, I forgot about this. In issue 40, Ladron does a tribute to Mobius. Nice. nice. Yeah, he draws a two-page illustration of Arzak on the bird, and it's just it's just gorgeous. You can tell with every line how much Ladron just loves Mobius. It's great stuff. But it, do me a favor. Don't let me let this book go for for this long. Okay. Yeah, it's it's disgusting how much information are in here. Even David Hine. Did you know David Hine draws as well as writes? No, I didn't. I, I forgot that fact. Because I have the Strange Embrace hardcover, and Hein drew that, but he does a uh, single issue, issue 41, called The Long and Ghastly Kitchen. It's great. Mm -hmm. Isn't it, it, uh, Shaky Kane's doing an issue, right? He did the most recent one. He did 46, yeah. which I haven't cool. read, so I don't nice. want to talk about it and say, ah, uh, but... I'm uh, sure it'll look great. No, even Dave Sim gets in on the act. Ooh. Yes. There, there are uh, three, four, maybe, vignettes in every issue where a transgenic has a dream and uh it starts off with uh hip and then it goes into trench the 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 uh one-eyed zebra the police detective uh mm -hmm. and, it, and um so but the 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 nut of the dream oh, yeah. is that they are told that there's something out there that's even bigger than mapo so there's this there's this quickening there's something looming on the horizon that's going to affect you know the the uh, really the, yeah it's nuts it's nuts but Dave Sim draws them all he, huh. he draws all the vignettes it's great 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 stuff 
Yeah, love it. I can't get enough of it, and I'm so stupid for letting it go. Because cramming 20 issues in, in one weekend, you can't enjoy it. It's hard. It, it, it's too much to consume, especially with a book as dense as Elephant Man. And then you got the back matter, where Starkings will uh, pull a, a notable British illustrator and, and show us our work and give a little bit of history on it. It's just it's so much to chew that it, it, it's, it's hard to consume that many. So wag your finger at me if I let it go this long. Okay, okay. Wag you beef, dude. Yeah, I didn't get uh, static yet. What's going on? That's fine. You got a new mic, bro. It's not what it is, dude. Yeah, it is. Mm-mm. Yeah, it is. So what else Chris, we got? David, what y'all reading? Ha! <laughs> hey, that's right, because you, were, you weren't here when Chris was telling me and Vince. When Chris was like, I haven't read a damn thing this week. Oh, and I nice. don't care. <laughs> Bitches. Chris, Bitches? I think I may have found finally something that suppresses curling in the... Uh, in the paying homage to Canadian sports uh, arena, my uh, buddy here turned 40, and mm-hmm. his wife got him a trip, which he just got back from, to go up to Lake Placid and Skeleton and Bobsled. Really? Yes. That sounds thrilling. He said and it te- was amazing. And technically, curling isn't Canadian, it's Scottish. But it's- oh, I might I might have to stop making fun of it then, being that I'm a Scotsman. It's, it's Scottish. Mm. But, you Do you ever curl good. in a kilt? Um, not this year. That'd be awesome. I'd much rather you take up caper toss, but okay. That's cool. Well, uh, David, I, I like how you hot potatoed. I said, I want to know what Chris and David are reading, and then David goes, hey. Because I chuckled, know. yeah. Um, what about you, bro? Well, I did I did read the second volume of Remind. Did oh. you read the first? Yeah, I, I mentioned the first last week. You did? Yeah, I was making your travels. You just never. Oh, oh, well, you didn't go into detail. I, right. I yes. No, I did not. Um, you didn't push it. I, I, uh, I read the the second volume. Um, I want to say the next morning on the train. Uh, Man, you devoured that. The second volume, yes, it was. I first volume is is amazing. The whole the whole work is is just. Actually, I think I, I I tweeted "remind equals remarkable." I just thought it was full <laughs> quote. Thank you. It was uh, no, it was just it was one of those things where uh, I I I read the first few pages and I'm like, okay, you know, this, this this should be interesting. I'm thinking, you know, we're mostly just going to be dealing with with Sonia, and then Victuals comes back, and and at that point, I'm just I'm. I'm worried about the animals. I'm trying to figure out where this is going. I, I'm, I'm. Th- there was something. Wait, 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 wait a minute. I didn't get it. What, what, what's the, what's the whole thing about? Okay. Like, what, what? I don't even. I haven't the slightest clue. It took me about. a minute to realize to, to to figure out why why the book why the story is is called Remind. But uh, there's a um, there's an island. Sony lives on an island where. Um, a lot of the people in town. The, the town's basically famous for, for the lizard man, and and uh, no one. It's a myth. It's like it, it, it's like Bigfoot. You know, the no Jersey one's a, devil. They, yeah, right. So, um, so Sony's an inventor. Her um, her dad was, um, he was he was the person who says he he saw the lizard man, and and everybody is is kind of like around the town to see if they could have a sighting and anyway sonia um has a cat 
and Cat goes missing. And and when um and and when Victuals finally comes back, um, he Sonya wakes up one morning, goes down to the kitchen, and and the cat is eating at at the the kitchen table, holding a fork and knife, and and uh, talking to her, and walking on his hind legs, and um, and she's just. She kind of accepts this, it's, it, but she keeps it to herself because she she already knows the town is crazy. So there's no reason to add to this. Uh, and then we find out why the cat is able to do this, and um, and I mean since since we've been going into, I, I know people have just started getting their their second their their second volume from the quick from the Kickstarter campaign, and uh, so I don't know if if um. How much of this? Because it 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 was a web comic, so I don't know how much. Have, I don't know if it was completely finished before the book went to print. Why I, didn't I get this? I don't know because you would absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I think you love the art. Were you guys talking about it like when the Kickstarter yes, was on? Actually, yeah. actually, Jason talked about it. What was it? it? Was 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 it your web comic for Eleven O'Clockers or something, or was it just a web comic recommendation? You talked yeah, about? no, no, it wasn't Eleven O'Clockers. Yeah, I just I just mentioned it because I. I saw it on the Kickstarter first, and then saw that it was a web comic, and went and just checked out a few of the, just a few of the of the of the comics, just to see if it'd be something I liked. And I just thought the art, uh, artwork looked amazing, so then it, I thought, all right, I can, I can get with this. Um, it's it's reminiscent of um, baffling of some Scotty Young, Vince. It 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 looks great, and it's um, what's baffling? I, complete, I completely blanked on that. That, that, that Vince, yeah. Um, but the. Uh, the turns out the lizard people do exist. Um, they're in the water under the island, um, and there's a whole there's a whole kingdom. There's a a king. There's um, I'm I'm deliberately being vague and and not really trying to go into detail out of for people who haven't read the story yet but um it is it is definitely something i recommend it 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 is just i mean i have the um i was reading the the digital versions thanks to comiXology and i'm i'm zooming in on i mean the the, the color work is just it's it's lush it it just it looks amazing and it wasn't it wasn't a quick read but it's still it sucked me in, and 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 time just flew as as I was just going through the pages, and um, I I really liked the way it ended. I immediately went to the second volume when I, when I finished the first. I, I had to continue the story. There's probably only one one sequence where I kind of thought that it went. It was a flashback, but it wasn't, and 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 it led me to think that, and I had to go back to the first volume to look for any of the women of the um, of the lizard people, because when when the uh, when the princess escaped, the next time we see her, she she has her hair. So I'm I'm trying to think if, and she was shaved bald before that. So I'm I'm nice. thinking that you know maybe it was just seaweed or a wig or whatever. But then I, I went to see if other women had hair and it was that's the only time where I, I kinda had to go back and see if I missed something because it, it, it wasn't 
everything else was moving along and, and it was linear and, and well, aside from the flashbacks, but you were able to follow the story and with the intermissions and, and, and different chapters. And this was just one instance where I turned the page and I'm like, it just stopped me for a second. But I came up with a story in my head and I just moved along and, and everything was fine. But it was, uh, th- there were things that happened in the second volume where I didn't know what I, I it really did. It, it's a story that I, I couldn't guess where it was going. I, it, it completely had me and, and, and as I'm, I'm just, I'm going through it and nothing is, nothing is unbelievable at no point that I go, oh, that's, you know, that's ball, that wouldn't happen. And it's just, I, I was, I'm, I was all in. I, I absolutely recommend Remind. It, it, it looks great. It's an, it's an awesome story. I could see it being made into a, um, into an eight minute feature, but it's one of those things where it looks amazing on the printed page. And, and I think it really works as a, as a, uh, as a graphic story. It just, it, you need to read this, Vince. I think, I, I think you're right. Yeah. Silly me. Where, where, where the hell was I? I know. I know. But yeah, that's, that, that was, that was one thing that, uh, that I had to finish since I did. Since I read that first volume, and I, I just I had to see where it was going, and and I I I was getting ready to be a little bummed because I wasn't sure if maybe there was another volume coming, and, and I only have these two, and I, I really can't wait. But uh, everything's pretty much told in those two volumes, so I was mm-hmm. very happy about that, and then uh, it kind of um, it I I guess I I'll I'll say it 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 kind of ruined things for me after that because nothing else I read for the next few days was like anywhere close to it it was it, it, it they weren't even palate cleansers it was just like I kind of just read it and I just like shrugged afterwards and, and it, mainstream books or even even you know some older indie stuff but I was just like and I, that that wasn't remind so I just I had to get back into that you know well not I, I can't compare things to, to other things that yeah. should Compared that to happens. That it's, happens. It's natural, you know. I don't know. Like, I mean, you, you, I don't know. What you're saying. I know what you're saying, and that it's. You feel like it's unfortunate that you do it, but it's not about should. I mean, it, it's just natural. I mean, we 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 can't help but to compare things to prior experiences in all walks of life, right? I mean, it's not just. So I think it's perfectly reasonable to do that's, that. That's really strange. You should mention that, David. What that that happened to me this weekend too. What'd you read? Well, after once I was uh, when I finished the uh, Ladron Hip Flask book, I you know I love the Bongo books, right? Yes, you do. So, so I, I said, well, let me see if I can catch up on Simpsons, maybe Bart, a couple Futurama issues. None of them did it for me. I, yeah. I would finish one and be like, yeah, all right. Um, let me let me try this. Read something else, and and it wasn't until um, Bravest Warriors that kind of kicked, you know. The machine nice. back in the gear. Okay. Yeah, you're gonna get the uh, the Hillary and Andrew Peepoy stuff, right? I always do. I get all the Bongo books. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, we gonna talk about the the stuff from the Winter Collection, like we were supposed to? We should. Yeah, we, we, we could. could. We could. We could talk about some. Let's do it. Some, some anime club. Tag the team. Anime club. <laughs> <laughs> now, first oh. of all, let's remind people. About what we're talking about, the Winter Collection uh, was the, a yes. Kickstarter, uh, I believe, run by Ryan Estrada. Right? Is he the yes. one? Yes, 
Yeah, he's the, he's the editor and pretty much the one who, who gets the ball rolling. Right. And now I'm a little sketchy as to what was included in that, what wasn't, because one of the amazing yes, things you about got everything. Uh, yeah, is that he his Kickstarters are just chock full of extras and thousands uh, of pages. Yeah, I mean, so I, I whatever it was, he sent a link and it was a link to a bunch of different web comics that you could put on the from. Uh, and it's it's literally thousands of pages of stuff from well, all different types of things, including, frankly, a PDF of a, another graphic novel that I backed from Kickstarter, and I'm waiting for the printed edition. Like, that's oh, really? how comprehensive it is. Yeah, nothing is forgotten. Um, oh, I okay. See, now that was – oh, see, and I, I, I'm about halfway through that. And I, I remember reading that, that first story – well, one of the – not the first story. I think the second story with, with, with the bloodstained roof. But the um, – Vince and I picked up the collection last year. Yes. And when um when Jason was 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 all proud of himself for for backing it, he showed me his iPad and and how he had everything laid out. And because Jason backed the winter collection, um and because of the level he did, he was able to go back and get those those books that that you and I got, Vince. So right. the first, the first collection late to the party. <laughs> the first collection <laughs> included uh, Fusion Future, The yes. Kind, A Heart of Stone work, Fusion Elementary, uh, Walk Like a Sumerian, You Can Do It, Gong, Dongu, uh, and The Great Disappointment. Everything else was uh, was from the Winter Collection, and that includes the Anime Club. Anime, come on! Uh, <laughs> uh, I think it's forgotten. Um, oh, because I have it as a my screen doesn't show everything the way it's supposed to. Uh, Plagued, which is a um, another book by by Ryan Estrada. Uh, the what you call it? Um, yeah, see, everything is. I'm, I'm getting shorter um, title names. Uh, definition of uh, Dead body. This was our pact. That yes, uh, that that was the next one. And the dogs, uh, the dog sins by Casey Green. So, yeah. uh, which I don't know if I want to read Judge on that by that cover. <laughs> the cover. Um, but yeah, so you get a a ton, and you can. There's a link. You can download as a PDF, a CBR, CBZ. You can get them in as. Um, uh, enhanced for retina display depending on your device yep. but there is no wrong way to go about this no it's, it's i assume he's going to keep doing these and and seriously people it, it, it's it, this is one of those things where kind of in the vein of an anthology where you know you're going to kind of likely come across one or two stories in an anthology you don't totally groove but it's more than worth it just because the things that are in there that you do like you love I mean, this is like an anthology on steroids. You're getting literally thousands of pages of finished comic work. And even if a couple of them aren't up your alley, there's going to be a bunch that are. And it's right. just such a bargain, dude. It's ridiculous. Well, let's just give them a little idea of the page count on these things. Uh, the Great Disappointment, which was done by Box Brown, correct, yep. is 234 pages. And that's just one of the books you get. Yep, yeah. Yeah, and it's Everything it's Dies, crazy. Volume 1. Yeah, Fusion Future is um, 69 pages. Now, now and, and, but okay. Fusion well, Elementary is 120, 123 pages. While you mentioned those two. Now, 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 this Winter Collection, 
they're pretty much um, original works or or told or offered as as they were originally um, published. Fusion Future and Fusion Elementary those are um, those are drawn by uh, Nam Dong Yoon. But Nam Dong Yoon love that name. They have been rewritten by. Oh, I, I'd, English speaking. I'd creators. say yeah, because I was going to say North American, but yes, it, English English speaking creators or writers who have now then using Yoon's pictures, they just rewrote the story to go along. It's such with a cool whatever. concept. It really it? is. Yeah, yeah. It, and I mean, some of the some of the ideas they come up with are just amazing. But you were but talking about, page about it. What's neat about it? What's neat about it is sorry that it's a continuous story. Like um, Nam Dong Yoon drew a bunch of different comic stories, but the creators decided to put them all together into one continuous story. And and the hook is, you have a salary man. Uh, his name is Song, and he has to save the world. That's the hook. He has so many hours to save the world. And the whole story hinges on that. And uh, you have a giant cat robot. They're like, How does that play into the story? It doesn't. It's just fun. But there, there's a point where these things that were obviously written and drawn at different times, they make this cohesive whole. It's really cool. And some of it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Like like um, the, the, the creators obviously didn't know what he was doing when he did a newspaper cover. And they'll do something like really stupid and silly and say, like, if there's two people on the cover, it'll say, two people laughing on this cover. You know, it's like goofy kind of humor. But it, it, it's silly and it works. It works really well. So of the stuff that we got, what stuff have you guys read? So, I mean, uh, it sounds like you guys have read a lot more than I have. Uh, so far, I've read Anime Club, yep. Freelance, <laughs> Freelancer right. Report, oh, and Fusion Elementary. I want to talk about the Anime Club because it's ridiculous. It's so I funny. would love to talk about the Anime Club. I have not yet read uh, Freelance Report. Um, okay. I've read Fusion Future and Fusion Elementary, A Heart of Stonework, The Kind, um, I have started Walk Like a Sumerian. I'm almost done with that. And then I jumped along to um, Nothing is Forgotten. Uh, okay, very good. This has nothing to do with anything we're going to talk about, but Box Brown right. is a great cartoonist. Yes, I agree He's with that. very, very good. Um, the, the Anime Club was uh, written and drawn by Casey Green. And, and it is actually, and that, this one is, yeah, that, that's 140 pages. Yes, 140 pages, but you can read it in about 45 minutes. It's it's a it's a it's fast a very fast read. read. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. fast read, but it's great. Um, and it is about an <laughs> anime club um, and the power struggles within <laughs> this anime club. Uh, the uh, the leader of this club is a is a dude named Mort, uh, mm-hmm. who who professes to have very discriminating tastes in anime. But it's bullshit because he loves things like card captor Sakura and Sailor Moon and uh, we we know this guy because um, he he procures a uh, a certain anime solely based on its rarity. It's called Princess Smegma, and um, it's a it's a it's a hentai uh, anime, and uh, the the guy basically 
jumps through hoops to get it because it's a rare anime. He doesn't care about the quality of it or the premise or anything, really anything about the damn thing, just because it's rare. It's like a status symbol for this guy. And, uh, and he dangles this in front of his, uh, co-members like, Oh, I got princess smegma. Uh, and, and the, the group meets in a library and it's kind of verboten to show porn in a library, especially when you're, when you're, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm getting that these guys are teens. Do you think they're still uh, in high school or is it college? Yeah. No, I'm, no, I'm, no, I, I picked college. up high school, dude. No, That's no, high school. Yeah, they're young, well, the fact young, that young high school. The fact that some of them still live with their mother doesn't really apply when you're talking about anime fans. No, no offense to anybody who no, loves no, anime. Because they, but, no, they're in high school because yeah. they, they meet – they're in the high school club. They, they don't want to go back. Okay, it's right. School, yeah, it's high school. And um, th- there's a power struggle going on between Mort, the leader, and his second-in-command. Uh, his Mark, name is Mark. Mark. Uh, Mark's kind of a realist. He's kind of a uh, – he would be the guy, the most normal out of the whole group, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's like he's like the he's like the me of our quartet. <laughs> oh jeez. Okay. okay. Wow. I, I, anime club. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Now. Yeah, that's funny. It's just and and you know you can you can picture it. He he uh, utilizes the uh, the cliched things uh, concerning anime fans, like their reluctance to deal with women. You know, and he uses that to really good effect in this book, but. Uh, I just thought it was it was hilarious, just because I've gone through this. I know these people. It, is was did you not encounter things in this book that were so familiar that you just had to laugh at them because we we've all been there. Um. Yes and no, like in the sense that I I know people like this exist. Yeah. But I, I mean. For as obsessed as obsessive as I was about comics as a kid, at least in this kind of their age, I, I it was very insular for me. Like none of my friends read comics, and it was something I kind of did on my own, and they didn't really care or we didn't talk, you know. So I didn't really, I didn't have a lot of contemporaries that were into comics, so I never really saw these kind of people like on a personal level. But yeah, I I, I was aware that there those are out there, I guess. Well, I will reveal that I was one of these dudes. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, yeah, I get it. I mean, and I well could have been too if I had like. But I'm just saying, like, the setting is so. This whole book is so driven by like a collection of people hanging out together who have this one thing in common, right? That so I don't. I didn't have that experience, but I certainly could well have. Yeah. And, and one of the uh, plot points is that the disc that Mort procures of uh, Princess Smegma is uh, <laughs> is riddled with a virus that um, it's called the Kill All Nerds EXE and it, it wipes their hard drive free of anime yeah. which, which kind of causes a fight between uh, the various members and because they're in a the library they are ejected from their, mm. their, their weekly meeting place and have to find a new place to uh, to do their thing, and uh, that—that's basically the meat of of the book, where their search for a new place to to throw down. But oh man, I giggled on every page. I, I, my yeah. favorite panel of the whole thing is when um, Mort is holding the accursed disc, 
and and uh, it, uh, he's what? That's the one with the virus on it, right? And Clyde, I guess his name is, is holding his fingers up in the form of a cross, and he's saying "Demon Data." <laughs> <laughs> that's hysterical, dude. I, I, there were things all over. I mean, that I just, just about every page. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and I, the flashbacks when, when you know we learn how everybody meets and and uh the whole thing with mort's mom as she just says that he turns he, he, he banishes her so she turns back into the kitchen to look out the window again it's just mm-hmm. like you know i mean there are just things all throughout but yeah there are people mort has anger issues a little bit yeah, yeah a little bit uh yeah. so he's the christian group so the the uh <laughs> the, I, I love the put downs too go suck a dick Go suck your mother's dick. Yeah, just, just like, and and just I mean, and and the way Mort reacts to things, or or he'll, he'll inhale and exhale before he he you know you got to comport himself before, and it's just yeah, there are and the places they 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 um they end up having to meet. It's it really is just it's it's a fun read. I, I thought the epilogue was great, especially the suicide pact. There were just things throughout this this whole book that were uh i really did enjoy it i, I laughed a lot reading this now thing. as you were reading this thing did you not get a vibe from uh evan dorkins yes uh what is the full title the eltingville comic book science fiction fantasy horror and role-playing club like uh i got a strong vibe i mean it's not the same thing but it's in the that wheelhouse where he the they just play around with familiar, uh, eh, as Jason is wont to say, uh, tropes concerning comic book and, and anime fans. Uh, did you notice the store number for the nuclear pop? 666. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and the store owner looked at like that typical, stereotypical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but Unshaven, the, uh, balding. Yeah balding fat dude when dave tells him he's gonna he's like i'll fucking punch your shit because <laughs> that's like you just picture like the nerdy guy who's never like had any kind of physical aggression in his life is so mad he's like you motherfucker i will punch your shit like it's like he doesn't know what to say it's just so mad it's great the panel where the 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 owner um he's uh, you and your pathetic club or what's ruining anime for the rest of us true connoisseurs and he has his hand up with his, his index finger on his thumb like he's making this eloquent yes. proclamation you know well and then they they the whole like you said there's this tug of not only is there a tug of war between mort and uh dave or mark mark mark, dave, mark. um but but they also the whole you come to find out that they had started a an, an anime club in high school and then it got invaded by other people and, and the they, Japanese animation club. Yeah, and now that's the Japanese animation club. And and when they lose their library access, a lot of the guys in the anime club said we should just go back and merge with them. And Mort doesn't want to do it, but they end up merging. And uh, when they introduce the club, and you, they they have that it's taped to the door, Japanese animation club meeting today. And there's like a thousand exclamation points, and there's a Hello Kitty scroll. <laughs> Hello Kitty, yeah, that's oh, funny. That's funny. I think that's really that's very very witty. Um, <laughs> I will say one thing, and this is I, – I agree with everything you said, but I also think, Vince, intentionally or not, you, in your description, uh, encapsulated the the issue I actually – the one issue I had with, with this, which is that 
it is 140 pages, but as you described the book and then said that's pretty much the meat of the book, you really did describe what we experience in like the first 20 pages of the book. Yeah. And, and, and so the only thing I will say about this is I really thoroughly enjoyed the first 30 to 40 pages of this book. But everything thereafter, while I didn't dislike it, I felt like I had already gotten the joke. So oh. I, I feel like the book is fine, but I do think it's a little of a one-note joke. And so, like, I look at it if this was like a series of web strips where I'm reading it over time, I could definitely have seen myself no longer going to the URL. Being like, okay, I get it. I've I get I, I I'm in on the joke. It's funny, but it's I've seen it enough now. So I just think it's it's it it didn't. This would have maybe been like an absolute grand slam to me if it was a 40-page book instead of a 140-page book, hmm. if that makes sense. No, it does. But, um, yeah, see, I the, the speed with which I read it made me almost uh, feel like it was, say, an hour-long episode of, um, well, yeah, okay. It's in the Big Bang Theory wheelhouse, so it, it felt like... An, an hour-long episode of these very familiar characters. Uh, so, yeah, it was 140 pages, but it didn't really seem like that to me. So I I, I understand what you're saying, but I, I I was along for the joke the whole duration of the thing. Mm-hmm. Like it, he just kept pulling me in with the little, like, the witty witticisms and the, the, the uh, lowbrow humor and the, the profanity. I just sure. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Love, love, love the cartooning. Love the oh, cartooning. Yeah. Oh, yes. This thing felt like it's something Fantagraphics could have published. Mm-hmm. Shit, yeah. Yeah. If it was a little more raw, it would read like a Johnny Ryan book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And a I little mean, more acerbic, like more making fun of the characters instead of just detailing a certain character type. Like Johnny Ryan would have ripped these guys new ones. Yeah, uh, sure, yeah, sure. And just uncovered all the, the, uh, the stuff about them. But yeah, no, I thought it was fantastic. I would recommend it to anyone, really. Yeah, it's 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 funny. I I thought it was uh, <laughs> the Naruto Law School. <laughs> that's yeah. That's the one. I, as soon as, as when Jason was talking about the Hello Kitty and 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 their meeting today mm-hmm. poster, I I was gonna you, you're talking about and that's the, the the Naruto Law School. That is what's being that that's a special screening at <laughs> the shop where they get their 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 movie. So I mean, he's over here talking about true connoisseurs, but. You know, I mean, I it it really is. There's the the hypocritical aspects of it, and and oh, yeah, yeah there, there are characters that that you know, and Clyde is he's the new kid. He's 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 your um your entry point into the group, and and you know he may he may watch the same things you watch because because he's over here talking about Digimon, and and you know, so it's I like Digimon, and and you have those people though. It's I mean, I, those are the people who who I ended up. Having to, um, having to kind of, I guess, accept in my circle or realize that they were out there were the people who mm-hmm. were, you know, that, that, well, well, I like, you know, I, I like, um, I like Paul Smith. Oh, well, then if you like Paul Smith, then you probably should, you know, Paul Smith is nothing until you've seen his, you know, th- this, this work where, where, you know, he, he learned right. from so and it's like, dude, really, I just, I, why can't I just, like what I like, and and yeah, and everybody <laughs> has those those the, those levels, and and how they you know that like you graduate from one thing to the next. But we but, encounter yeah. this every day, right? 
<laughs> Every day we do, we encounter this. Uh, did you get a, a, a strong uh, John K feel to some of the facial expressions? Yeah, as as I'm going through it, I'm like I'm trying to think about you know who whose style does this remind me of? Where have I where have I seen this? I mean, some of it is is very um, daily newspaper strip looking, and and some of it, like you said, with John K, especially some of uh, like. When Mork gets upset, you get that George Licker face, and and it's just yeah, it, yeah. There, there are there are definitely I don't want to say influences because maybe this is just his style, but but there are there are so many things about this particular book about this strip that I it it hit all the notes. I know exactly what Jason's saying. You know, like yeah. You know, once we got past that first story, once that first arc was done, okay. I could have finished reading it then. And then as you go through it and, and you realize, you know, they, they have to get their revenge and, and there needs to be some closure and then you get some back of the book material. But yeah, I I enjoyed it all. I definitely see where Jason's coming from. Yeah. Well, he uh in in, in his defense, I think the addendums stretch it out a lot. Like oh, the, yeah. the, main, the main story is like what only ninety pages around there, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. the 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 background stuff in the end that really pads it out. But I I, th- I thought in a good way, like Daniel on the pot. It seems my legs have fallen asleep. Wait, but curse, who um, curse my literacy? <laughs> did you see who was the executive producer for that one storyline, for that one um for the one backup with uh what is it um part seven. My boss is coming over for dinner. Clyde's running around trying to figure everything out. And then you get to the end and it says, Executive Producer, Richard Butt. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, that looks so like stupid. that. Was just, yeah, but um, some pages are jam-packed with panels and, and small panels and close-ups on people's faces. And then you have a couple of pages where, you know, there's like five or, or six panels. and But nothing... There's there's no laziness about it. There's no, no. Uh, uh-uh. everything, every line there serves a purpose, and and it's it just it was funny as hell. I enjoyed Great that. Stuff. The gay boy suicide pact, the sucking dick for Satan because his head slumped down. It was hysterical, <laughs> dude. Oh my god. <laughs> and it's just it's so silly. The it, even the even the flyer for the anime club, like there's jazz men on it. What yeah, the hell do jazz men have to do? Clip art. They just went it's to the work. only clip art they had. Yes. yes, right, right, right. That's true. <laughs> and, and karate. <laughs> I'm expecting to see like Double Dragon and shit on there. It was mm. awesome. Gunshowcomic.com is is uh, the URL on the back page. Yeah, but... go read it. Go buy it. Good stuff, Christopher. What are you doing? You still there? Just listening. Awesome. I'm here. <laughs> listening to you guys talk about something I didn't read. Oh, single tier. Well. Huh? It should be on your radar in the future because you know what? I'll I'll bet dollars to donuts that the next whole story um, set you'll be able to get it in as uh, along right. with yeah, three thousand other pages of books. Yeah, yeah. I would think they, so. It's it's content wise, they they give you a a massive brick, a cinder block of comics when you buy these things. Yeah, I can't. I just... I can, I'm looking at the screen now. I'm looking at my library at the whole story screen, and I can only imagine how much space 
physical books of these would be taking up in my house right now. But I and mean, it's, it was, it's nuts. Whenever Renee's Ryan not Estrada, gonna let that happen. Just, I know that's why I'm looking at it on my iPad. Whenever Estrada does a, a a package like this, it seems like he just manifests comics from nowhere, and it's just not. Well, I, you know what? I'll I'll throw in an extra twenty page book. It's usually an extra two hundred page book. Like yeah, here, here you go. Have stuff. another one. Like what? The well, heck? I'll be honest. I mean, these? I I totally missed the spring collection. Um, until you guys started raving about it and it was too late by then. But even as you were talking about, it, I was thinking like, you know, the, the idea of quality over quantity, I'm thinking like, Oh, so the guy's whole shtick is that he's like loading you up with all the stuff. And that means most of it's going to be crap. And it's just like, whatever. <laughs> no, no, it's not no, in the sense that like, because again, like we all, I mean, I, we all are the same boat. I have literally thousands of things I totally want to read that I already own. Right. That I haven't read yet. Right. So it's like, like, well, I don't really need more, stuff unless i'm but but it's you know it was so it was a poor definitely a, a poor decision on my part and i'm glad i rectified it with this one because now granted i've only read a fraction of of what i've i've, I've gotten from this collection but so far everything i've read has been uh high quality i haven't necessarily liked right. all of it which we may get into or not tonight but but i i it's all of high quality um yeah. guaranteed so. I really for, it sounds like I'm the only one that's maybe read this so far, but I, I really enjoy the freelancer. Uh, I, I thought that was all right. That's of, next. I'm reading of the next. three that I've read. That was by far my favorite. Um, I, I really enjoyed what's that. that about? Oh, it's uh, it's it's by Yoon. It's named on Yoon again. It's, it's the same artist. It's it's, a, it's about his um. <laughs> it's about it's about what it's like to be a freelance uh, illustrator. Oh, oh cool. that's great. The maddening, the maddening ups and downs of of what it's like to to live. Assignment. Oh, and it's one of the shorter ones at 29 pages, but okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I just thought it was great. And I'm Freelancer uh, Dong, that's great. Freelancer Dong. And then um, I think we all read Fusion Elementary, which is a yeah. anthology of sorts. And, and I, I got to be honest, I, I, I didn't care for it at all. Okay. Huh? I, I liked maybe two of the seven stories. I, I well, I can, I, I can guess maybe which two writers you, you, you kind of lean towards, but we won't. Get into that. The uh, um, I think that I which one did I prefer? I think Fusion Future is is of the two is probably okay, the one that I, I enjoyed that, more. Yeah, yeah that, that's the one with Salary Man. But yeah, it's um, that one's more or less a, a linear story, whereas this one is a bunch of stories that that kind of merge towards the end. But um, yeah, I thought some of the art was fun. And the I I like Dong's style. I I, yeah. I think his, his art it's it's expressive. It's it's clean. It's uh, I I enjoy the kids' faces. There are some things that are a little crazy, like the um the restroom story or the restroom signs where 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 the men's sign has to race over to to to, to, to the ladies' room and and um. All the things with that, and then and then escaping on the dog's back, and and having to to, to try to avoid everybody's ass funk, and it was just <laughs> there, there's um it, there really is no uh nothing seems to be off limits. I mean, there's there's, there's nothing gratuitous, or there's no sex, but uh, if if there could be some maybe. Uh, Immature or potty humor, it 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 will be mm-hmm. there even if it's subtle. Uh, the whole thing is, um, and I I just for this I enjoyed. I mean, it's it's like it. I I guess it's it's uh, 
mystery science theater in a way where here are the pages of art and then go ahead and, and write a story for I, I well it's the Stanley method I guess but it, it's yeah. the uh, there you go the the the, the um what you call it when Jason was talking about the the amount of of material you get I was thinking you know, maybe if Estrada has a friend who who you know oh all right I'll I'll, I'll throw your book in there with everybody else even if his friend's book is isn't as as solid as everything else he's cobbling together and he's just trying to make him feel good and give you something extra but i i have not felt that way in in anything that that, that mm-hmm. i've read so far and and yeah i mean not everything i might get through a couple of things or, or well read a few pages in in a certain book and and maybe feel like it's not going anywhere but but it will pick up as i go through it i thought the kind was was interesting because what he he, he, he um he drew on the photographs. He took uh, pictures of of um, a local neighborhood, and he just drew the uh, the characters on that and told a story with that. That was pretty interesting. So I'm going to read Plague to see if it. I don't think it's a sequel, but I'm interested to see if it's still in that style. But I'll I'll read Freelance Report Freelancer Report next. What was the third one you read, Jason? Oh, uh, Fusion Elementary. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I tell you, I would buy a Chogokin or that cat robot in a second. <laughs> yeah, you would. I really, yeah, you would. really. <laughs> All right, let's do a live tweet and pull Chris into the fold. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Here's one from Adam Hegg. What books might you leave laying out in public with the hope that it would be read and brighten a stranger's day? Hmm, that's a good question. How about that, Chris? Neonomicon. Nothing like fish jizz to to brighten (laughs) someone's day. (laughs) I I don't know. Um, I mean, that's Superman, dude. Well, about love and rockets. It's it's just like you know what what book would appeal to anybody? I don't know. That's that's not how I. It's yeah. There is one size fits all. I'm with. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not really about the you know the machine gun marketing. Uh, first of all, it's not my fucking job to market comics. Um, <laughs> Are you glad Vince you pulled Chris back into the conversation? I love him. <laughs> I do. We need some of that acerbic. No, I'm, no, it's not, it's it's. No, I'm it's, with you. It's, I, I'm not. Just, I'm only. I'm busting your chops. Yeah, yeah. It's the, you know I, I I will and I'll you know I'll I'll, I'll push certain comics uh, from time to time. But you know I think that's a mentality that that we need to get away from. It's it, it's not. Sorry, I'll get close to the microphone too. It's not. Our, it's not our job to to market comics. That's that's right. the comic book companies jobs to to market it's 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 their job to market and it's their you know their job to hopefully put out good content um the question basically is what comics do you like that you would like other people to read um okay that i can answer um yeah queen and country is one that i think has appeal to um to to a wider a wider base of readers than than superhero comics do um, you know, I think you Vince mentioned Love and Rockets. I think there are some Love and Rockets uh, comics that that would appeal to to people that. And that's the other part of the question is what you know what comics that aren't superhero comics would normal fucking everyday people like to read. You know, isn't that kind of the question too? It is seems that how like you get? It, yeah, 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 yeah. So I w- you know, I would leave Jack Chick tracks. All over, just so I can spread the word about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to right. everyone. Good. Good. 
<laughs> it sounds so phony, doesn't it, coming out of my mouth? Yes, very, have very ever, phony, very funny. Have you ever seen a chick tract? Yes. They're mm. awesome. The Sodom and Gomorrah one has me hysterically laughing. I subscribe to his catalog just so I can get the free For real? Tracks. Yes, I oh, love them. dude, you got to share those. Mm. Yeah, I'm um, not giving them away, ever. I, th- I think, um, oddly enough, I think stuff by Jason is... Um, uh, oddly interesting for people that haven't read comics before, especially stuff like you know I you know I killed Adolf Hitler. I think yeah. it's it it has enough you know historical um, reference to it that that and it's odd enough that that I think the you know the right person in the right situation um, would dig that. I think uh, the wettest uh, Planet of the Apes stuff uh, is awesome. Oh, obviously, yeah. obviously for apes fans. Um, Oh gosh! Serious uh, answer. Serious answer for me. Yeah. I would leave Carl Barks comics around because that's if, a good if one. A, yeah. If a Carl Barks comic does not brighten someone's day, man, they are yeah, some unfeeling bastards. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, I mean, one that we haven't mentioned that I actually just actually happened to, I just gave this to um, my my boss slash partners got three sons like I do, but they're a little older, and his his youngest is. Uh, ten and a half, and he has really taken to drawing, and it's, he wants to be at least at this blip of his life, he wants to be a, a cartoonist. So I just gave him um, how to draw comics the Marvel way, and I gave him the complete bone. Nice. And then my my boss sent me a picture of his son asleep in his bed with the complete bone under his pillow. Oh, and that's the, awesome. The thing, it is awesome. It made me feel great. But the, the, I mean, but again, like I, I can't underestimate. Again, it, it's like it may people may cringe because they're like, oh, it's so cliche. But sometimes cliches are are, are they're valid because they're and Bone is legitimately astoundingly great cartoons. And if you're talking about uplifting, it's it's a fun, bright, all ages accessible story. I, I think it's it's great comics that that kids not only can but do love when they read it. I, I don't think I've ever met a kid that's red bone that hasn't loved it so that's pretty impressive especially since we just got done an hour ago saying that kids don't read comics much anymore so you know i would definitely throw that into the mix i think the the bones are some of the greatest cartoon characters ever created and it's crazy that it's so contemporary because mm-hmm. uh, he mm-hmm. he he crafted those creators in line with, like say, Barks, Ducks, um, Uncle Scrooge, the Peanuts characters. I mean, they're from the same genealogy of sorts. Like you, you right. can you know drop down the family tree, but they're they're contemporary. And when he was laying those lines down, they're 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 visually simple, but they also have like the Barks. Um, thing where they can be very complex depending on how he decides to make them move and stuff. I, I think Bone is brilliant in that respect that you have relatively new characters that seem to speak on that language that Uncle Scrooge does or, mm-hmm. or Snoopy. It's just kids love those characters and adults love those characters too. It, it's amazing what that guy did. And then he yeah, does Razzle, which is totally different. But, totally but different. I'm just saying... Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just blows me away how something can be created within the past 20 years that just in just seeps into the the the, the consciousness of these kids like that 
unheard of, really. What what other characters can you name uh, that that have done the same thing, like with with you know children and tweens? It's tough. Yeah, it is. Ben Ten. Uh, I know. Eh, that's a. I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't. I I, mm-hmm. I think it's a it's a different segment of the like Ben Ten's not universal. Uh, neither's Bone, but Bone speak seems to have tweaked uh, boys and girls, where Ben Ten just kind of targets mm-hmm. for the most mm-hmm. part. That's what you're boys. saying, right? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Well, there you it's, go. It's, I, I think we've had some good some good live tweets tonight. Mm-hmm. Um. I just wanted to mention, I told you guys this in the email, that every now and then we've done uh, creator spotlights or whatever, and, and yeah. oft, I think we've quite often gotten questions on a live tweet that are kind of a similar ilk, like that revolve around who we think are underappreciated artists or artists that people should know more about, mm-hmm. creators and the like. And um, thanks to our buddy DAP, who gifted us all the Marvel The Untold story. Um, I'm, by the way, I know David's dying for us to finish it. I'm, I'm just past the shooter era. Okay. And I'm just taking my time with this because I am adoring that's, it that's so fine. much. It's so good, I dude. I know exactly it's, what you mean. It's every chapter is like its own little awesome set of vignettes. I'm just I'm just adoring it. So um but I am taking my time with it. But the um but there was a, a person whose name came up in the book and I was like, oh my God. I'm like, dude, now there's a guy that needs to get some propers. And uh, I don't know. I went back and I checked our our archives. I don't know that we've ever talked about him. At least we haven't talked about him. Back? No, no, no. no. This is a guy who unfortunately is no longer with us. He uh, he actually died at the age of thirty one years old. Wow. Um, He is by this man's own admission the mentor and primary inspiration for none other than Dave Sim to become a creator. Uh, and I think he's a name that unfortunately has gotten lost to the annals of time because of his, uh, untimely demise. And, uh, I am talking about, uh, Mr. Gene day. I knew, I knew it. it. I knew, I knew it. it. Yep. We talked about him before we did. Yeah. Cause we, we've talked about one. I thought we did, but I couldn't find it in any of the show notes. No, I probably, yeah. It, it, well, it, his name alone might not be unless we right. really talked about, the uh, master of Kung Fu. Right. Well, right, exactly. So, so, and that's in the in the context of Marvel: Untold Story. Uh, he obviously gets mentioned for his work on Master of Kung Fu, and and frankly, I also think, and we can save this for when we talk about Marvel: Untold Story broadly. I, I think while I'm enjoying the book very much, I do think people need to remember that this is not a like just because it's in this book isn't gospel, right? And I yeah, think the, the, yeah. the, the, Sean the, Sean takes liberties. I think Sean, I don't know how old Sean is, but he seems to clearly be a unbridled fan of the a certain period in Marvel Comics in the Bronze Age when things like Howard the Duck and Master of Kung Fu and stuff were happening. And I would say that, again, I'm only two-thirds of the way through, but I think he, based on what I know of comics history, I think he takes a lot of liberties in that period romanticizing and over hyping certain things that happen versus other periods of, of you're going to piss Vince off here. No, 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 no. But, <laughs> but, but he, he implies in the book that Gene day basically was killed by Marvel. Yeah. Jim shooter made him fly into New York and work overnight in the Marvel offices and, um, and stay in the offices 
working through the night without any heat on in the building, which led to him getting sick, which then led to him having dying, which is just so patently oh, and man. ridiculously untrue on all levels that it's not it, it's it's almost irresponsible for it to have been in the book that way. But but that being said, I don't really want to get, get into that. What I want to say is that is that it did make me think of Gene Day, and so Gene, I mean, would you say he's? I guess you could even say he's probably better known as an inker, right? I mean, I, he's probably inked more books than he penciled. So, I mean, but he is one of those guys that did both. Um, he got a start on Master of Kung Fu, inking Mike Zek, um, right. and then Zek started. Just doing breakdowns and uh, and and they would would finish them and then eventually he became the full time uh, penciler on the book, um, and and that spanned. I mean, just in terms of of, of uh, give you a sense of it, he uh, Zek he started working with Zek on issue number seventy six, which was in in nineteen seventy six. He took over doing finishes in nineteen eighty in issue number ninety four, and then he became the full time penciler in 81 with 102 and all the way to the to the book's end in in late 83. So he worked on that book for what 8 years. Um and he then went on to do the Star Wars sequel book at Marvel with Carmine Infantino. But he inked that primarily. He did a few few of the issues himself, but he was primarily Carmine Infantino inker and finisher. Um but the dude the, the, the fascinating thing about him is is um First of all, as an artist, he's phenomenal. I mean, I think if people haven't seen the uh, the Master Kung Fu stuff, it's it's phenomenal. And we have talked about Zach many times. We've talked about Galassi before, but his days issues are no way, shape, or form take a backseat to the other stuff. I think. I think they're beautiful. Um, and so, just based on his art abilities, I think he deserves props. But the other thing about him is, I mean, he he was pretty much a trailblazer in a lot of ways. I mean, um, the reason that Sim credits him as, as an inspiration is that he, Sim actually inked, uh, not inked, sorry, Sim actually lettered um, a book that Gene did uh, on his own um, called um, Future Day, uh, named after himself, obviously. But it was, it was one of the original uh, graphic novels, frankly. But when we talk about the origins of graphic novels, nobody talks about this. It was self-published, and it was an it anthology. In Canada. What's so, that? That's because it happened in Canada. That yeah, doesn't, exactly. It doesn't really count. But it, it was an anthology book of his own works that he put out in a hardcover, um, and, and Sim lettered it. And um, and like I said, then he got the gig at Marvel. And, and the cool thing about him um, is that this is a period in Marvel, especially as you read this untold story, where a lot of people were were unhappy with the way things were going. It was the quote unquote Jim Shooter era, and uh, and creators in general were getting upset about you know creator rights and their lack of ownership and that sort of thing. And Gene Day was like completely of the opposite end of the spectrum. And I'm reminded of um, a few years ago when we when we we were reacting to the uh, to the quote unquote Kirkman manifesto. And uh, and debating it, and I remember a few creators came forward and said, "Well, what if we what if we really enjoy drawing these characters? Like, like that's nothing wrong with that." And I remember Mike Norton, our, our buddy Mike, said the same thing. He said, "Look, I enjoy drawing these characters." And that being said, Mike is now doing his own stuff, so clearly he he he's he's taken that journey. But at the time, he said he loved drawing these you know these superhero characters. And Gene Day, um, he had that same view. And and I just want to read a passage that I found when I was uh, that was from him. I guess he. He wrote a book in 1981 about his own life, but um, but this is from that. And he said, um, I don't like character design, so that sort of puts me in awe of doing new characters. 
I'd never done any character design until I started on Kung Fu. In fact, issue number 107 is the first villain I ever drew in my life. I just don't do that kind of thing. But it's always nice to get a piece of the action. And in that, he's meaning that he, he at that point in time, Marvel had initiated a royalty program. Um, on the whole, if I'm working on something like Shang-Chi or something, no, of course not, because I didn't come up with it. I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't say it means that much to me. My home is the house that Marvel built. It's their money that gives me all the pleasures in life that I have now. Before them, I didn't have too much. Everybody runs around thinking that every character they come up with is going to be worth mint, but nine out of ten times, that character is worth a dime and a donut. Once you're hired to do it, my only advice would be that you'd better do it to the absolute best of your capabilities. You know, there'd be no point in cutting back on the quality of your work simply because you don't own it. It's not going to do you any good. And uh, he goes on from there, but but I just think that's really interesting, and it made me fall in love with the guy because I'm so sick and tired of people saying, and and I don't mean to disparage you, Vince, but you've said it recently, like, that why should people that are working at the Big Two create anything new? Like, then don't work at the Big Two. Like, I right, hate right. the idea that if like if you, if you are in a place where you don't feel you should or can do your best, then don't be there. Like, that's how I feel. And, like, I love that this guy, at the absolute height of when the issues of creator rights and ownership were going on, this guy was grateful for what he had. And he was like, Y'all think your shit is like really good, but most of your shit isn't that good, and you should be happy with what you got. Like I love that 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 there was someone out there willing to put put their name on that kind of viewpoint. So, um, yeah, just wanted to give a little shout out to him. Again, there's not much for people to see of him. I mean, Master of Kung Fu, frankly, because of uh, like um, ownership rights with the Fu Manchu character, you know, it's you're not going to really we're not going to see an absolute or an omnibus of that or anything. So, yeah, unless you're going to pull up the back issues, you're not going to see much day. But uh, but the dude was talented, man, and he um. They even named a um, an award after him. Sim and Gerhard created a uh, an award called the uh, the Day Prize, which uh, was was given at the small press um, the Space um, Expo each year uh, for you know independent creators. So um, so he's he's a guy that had a lot of influence that unfortunately died in you know way way before his time. So oh yeah, and do you know why you'll never see a Master of Kung Fu? Collection? Yeah, it's because the Fu Manchu thing, right? Right, right. Yeah. It's because of Fu Manchu. Yeah. So, I would yeah. I would not be adverse to a collection where they go back and just what if they call him like yeah you know daddy bad guy yeah I'm I'm being facetious but yeah no right ev- ev- eviscerate uh, extract every mention of Fu Manchu and just call him something else mm-hmm. you know I don't know um, what do you what do you guys I, think I mean do you, do you, what do you think about him as an artist and the like I mean I think he's he's fantastic but. Um, Obviously, a uh, someone very um, indebted to Starenko. There, oh, there's for a, sure. A yeah. lot uh, of yeah, Starenko yeah. in his work. Yeah. Well, he actually got in trouble again in the Marvel Untold Story version. He tells it as um, Shooter basically told him to redraw a whole issue because Ooh. he didn't like the way that that uh, that Dave was trying to quote unquote Starenko oh, uh, wow. uh, kung fu up. And he thought that the book wasn't selling well, and that he needed a more a, a more conventional approach. Um, now, that's now others have said that Shooter has gone on record on his own, and other people have said that's that's not the way it happened. But, but yes, clearly he was a big Steranko. He was influenced by Steranko, and and I think Day was known for good or for bad. Again, it, some people claim Shooter hated it; others say not so. But for for having very distinctive panel layouts that that were unusual mm-hmm. for the time. Right. He played a lot with panel layouts, much more than a lot of people did in that period of time, which is pretty cool. great. Again, effect, though, I will say exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, and as the story goes, in terms of his death, he um, 
he was by all accounts a workaholic, self-admitted, and and all those that knew him. Um, but uh, Shooter, if you if anyone's interested, and you did read the story in Untold Story, Shooter in in his on his own website um, was asked a few years ago about that anecdote, and he uh, he has a much different version of it. And uh, I will say this about Jim Shooter: as much as these stories are bananas, and and he definitely was probably an absolute nightmare to work for. I have never come across anything to indicate to me that Shooter's dishonest. Like he pretty readily admits his own his own flaws and and admits to doing a lot of the things that people hate him for. So I tend to believe his version of the story, right. which is to say that 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 uh, he didn't kill Gene Day. <laughs> um, yeah, basically, sure. the story goes that Gene Day got sick. He got a kidney infection shortly after his visit to New York, and some say that the kidney infection led to him having a weak heart, and then he had a heart attack and died. But oh, there isn't much medical correlation between those two things, even in the worst of cases. So um, I think that the, 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 the idea that Day died at the hands of some autocratic editor-in-chief is bullshit. But, but either way, the dude died at 31, which is just a damn shame. So yeah. I've developed conflicting uh, opinions on Shooter over the years. Well, this book will only, I think, fuel that further if you, if you continue on with it. I mean, wouldn't you agree, David? Yes, uh, there are – see, nobody is – at least I didn't think so when I finished it. There's no um, – you get – because how conducted interviews and, and picked up pieces of information from, from trade publications, he doesn't just take one person's side of the story. So you may get a couple of people who weren't fans of working under Shooter. And then, but they'll enjoy the time they spent under Bob Harris. So everybody has their friends. So no one is going to just be clean across the board. Right. The 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 stories with Shooter, there are it, it, it there are times where it seems like all Shooter wanted to do was reboot. He just wanted to start fresh, and he kept pushing, and he finally got his new universe. And so there are some themes that that tend to be repeated. There are um. What? Well, no, I'll, I'll wait. But the uh, there there are pages or there are stories with Shooter because at first, when you first meet Shooter in the book, you think you know this guy can do no wrong. He was he was writing for DC at thirteen, and then he he. Uh, <laughs> but then but but then I guess he fell out of favor with Schwartz for a little bit, and then he he ended up uh, lucking into a job at Marvel. He just it was almost as if he walked in right at the right time, and and. Uh, and he worked there for a few years before he was promoted to editor in chief. I, I, would you call him a hatchet man? There, there were just yeah. Um, I mean, I, I and I mean to me, uh, the I think the the best thing about this book, um, or, or the thing I'm appreciating most about it, is that um, other than I think a little bit with with uh, with Gerber, which we'll put aside for a second because Vince needs to read that so he can weigh in before. Because I know he's such a fan of Gerber. Other than Gerber, I think how is very um, uh, unassuming in his portrayals of everyone. Like he, he, he. I think he portrays them all in their good and bad lights. I don't think he. he I, don't, I didn't get a sense. So at least I haven't gotten to the modern part of it. But I, I haven't gotten a sense so far that he's going out of his way to villainize or evangelize any particular person. You know, um, and, and I think Shooter included. I think Shooter did a lot of things that. Hard not to be like, well, that was a dick move, but at the same point in time, I think to your point, David, he 
he was pretty freaking successful for a while there, and he got a lot of stuff accomplished. Yes. And, and a lot of people mm-hmm. like John Byrne, and it's interesting, John Byrne was like a huge shooter supporter sure. for a, a, a bunch of years. And then the relationship soured to the point where now, to, then at some point, Byrne had a party, and he burned a scarecrow that looked like Jim Shooter in effigy yeah. Yeah. part of the party. So, like, the relationships were, were complex, but, but you know, this... But these were all creative, like, people with big tempers, and they all were, like, I mean, the bitch-assness in comics has been around forever. I mean, for all the people that, that like, talk about how it is today, like, dude, it's always been there. Like, people have loved each other, and they hate each other, and then gone back to work with each other so many times. It's like, it's like a soap opera, and it's always been that way. I mean, literally from the, like, 20s on, it's been that way. So, I mean, you know, Shooter's just maybe one of the more out-there versions of it, but... Um, he certainly didn't strike me as all bad. I mean, I, I can't say that I, again, I think if I worked with him, I probably would have hated him, but, but you know, um, it is what it is. Well, the thing about Shooter for me is, um, while there's no question that, that Jim revitalized Marvel in the eighties, mm-hmm. um, Secret Wars was the, um, first link in a really long chain that we're experiencing to this day, like the yeah. event. Yes. Jim Shooter. Yeah, but, but, well, yeah, but wait yeah, but until the, you find out why. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I, I would disagree with you. <laughs> well, and the book goes in great detail about this, about shoot, specific examples of Shooter's heavy handedness. And I think that is where he went off tilt in the sense that um, he was literally making artists redraw entire issues and stuff, or, or making writers overwrite entire issues tied into Secret Wars. Um, like on the fly, and no one knew like what was in, in what. No one had a a map of what they were supposed to do, other than right. shooter. But to David's point, the 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 genesis of that was all driven by Marvel's parent company. Um, and the no, fact- no, no, no. That well, was it? Yeah, because yeah. that was Mattel. Well, Mattel wanted the toys. Well, Mattel wanted the toys, right? And then the, I mean, when I say the parent company, I mean the owners of Marvel at the time. Had to deal with Mattel, and they said, "All right, they're going to put it right." Okay, but they're only going to put the toy line if you give them a big comic book with all the heroes in it together. And they had to do that, so it wasn't like Shooter didn't negotiate that. Shooter was told to editor in chief, "Yeah, this is what you got to do." And Shooter said, "All right, cool, I'm going to do that." Right. Okay. Well, I mean, I I don't really think he grasped the uh, the magnitude of the precedent that he was setting. Oh, I I would agree. How how could he know then? Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. But what I'm saying is. For all the the good things that Shooter did for Marvel, the miniseries, the um, I mean, the X Men rose to prominence under, let's just say, under mm-hmm. Shooter for for better sure. or worse. Shooter both revitalized Marvel and killed it. He killed my Marvel because there is a huge difference between Bronze Age Marvel, which is mostly the seventies, sure. right, yeah. and and the eighties. So where I mean, I got to give the guy props for all he did because he was the 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 top on that chain of command he he killed the the thing that made me fall in love with marvel yeah well you know? so i mean i love him and i hate him i John love him for Byrne. valiant i love him for marvel but he was the one that put that stake in the heart of of my marvel so no i think you're right and john Byrne, who is never at a loss for for sharing his own thoughts <laughs> um again because i'm so in love with this book that david gave us um, I went and found some. I, I went. And, there's a, a very lengthy thread on the John Byrne Robotics forum talking about this book, and you know, Byrne people are asking questions about the book, and Byrne is answering them. Uh, you know, as to how he remembers, because you know, it's like, hey, John, they say this in the book, and John says, okay, well, that's I remember it differently. Here's how I remember it, and um, and it's like an 18 page thing, so I don't. But but he 
there was a, I remember there's a point in the thread where he he um he basically said what you just said, Vince, which is that uh, you know as I look back on Shooter, uh, he he basically his first five years were he he said he saved Marvel at a time when it needed saving, and then he doomed it because he stayed too long and ruined it in another way. Mm-hmm. And, and he he made the analogy if 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 we go back in history. Shooter should have been at Marvel for five years until he sort of got in on the right ship and then jumped over to DC and done the same thing for DC. And then let somebody else that carry the torch in both cases. But unfortunately, that's not how things went. Um, so, uh, you know, and, and like I said, he, he, he definitely wasn't, uh, he, he wasn't a fan of, of Shooter by the time he, he left Marvel. Uh, right. You know, to go to Superman. New Universe was a huge fiasco. Huge! Yes. Sure, I would. I would love to know how much money was lost on that. Oh shit! Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, some of the books were fun, but I don't think there's a single book that we can consider great out of that explosion. No. Um, you know, Starbrand, decent, and and we got John Romita Jr. Uh, on, on a regular book, but I don't know. I, yeah, that, that I was my monthly. And, yeah. and and I mean, and that's there were. Yeah, there's and didn't didn't burn blow up Pittsburgh because and that was and that and you will find out that that is and and the reason yeah the reason burn was very happy to take over Starbrand was because he was going to destroy Pittsburgh which is where shooters <laughs> from yeah and it was basically just a, a fuck you I'm going to get you back for for burn which I That's nuts. I've always been under the impression that that burn would never really um, not take advantage of a situation like that if yeah. it arose. Yeah. Uh, well, Burns says it was bananas because Shooter's whole mantra with New Universe is no one could do anything that couldn't be perceived to the reader as being something that could happen in the real world around them. Right. And he said yet he didn't play by his own rules because in Starbrand, Homeboy has a nuke then he blows up a city. Yeah. And he's like so, so Shooter got to do whatever he wanted in his book. But everyone else, he said, got to the point where like if there was anything that Shooter determined well, no, that couldn't happen in the real world. He made him redo it, or he had someone else like draw over the pa- the page, or and, and like that's where it like got heavy handed. And that's where he was like, "No, nah, I can't be doing this. I, I can't have that." There's, the, I mean, there's the part on shooter is is I guess lengthy compared to other EICs because he was there for so long. But uh, th- there are really. there are little things like when when they talk about after shooter left and and uh, and I, I I guess. I was a little because I was there when it was happening. I was a little bummed when when I got to the whole Claremont and X Men thing, and, and especially towards the end. And um, and then you had and that whole thing. Oh my god! Because because Ron brought it up when when we met him for dinner when when he was talking oh, yeah. about yeah. Uh, you know having to when they were doing Heroes Heroes Reborn. Uh, Liefeld had had one of his his flunks, one of his minions. He he was the go between, and and he told this guy, "Don't give Marvel this disc with my artwork on it until they hand you a check." And and there were little things that that the way Liefeld behaved before the 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 Magnificent Seven left to go to Image to form Image, and and uh, when when they were leaving the the X books. And Byrne gets it. Byrne basically looked at the X Men books as a way. Well, I can. I'll write the X Men. I'll. I'll deal with the headaches of writing the X Men because it's going to pay my mortgage. 
and, and they're smart. just they're just little, yeah. But then, what kind of story did we get? The first three issues of X Men with 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 you know you had Omega. It, it started off with that was Claremont Swan song, and then Byrne took over, and and you had or Byrne plotted, I guess, or mm-hmm. but but and you had Omega Red and Maverick, and and but those I I can't. Aside from those two characters, I can tell you very little about what happened in those early issues of X Men, until until really Lobdell, who lucked into the gig, until he you know he and and he and um, Fabian I guess worked together and and you had Scott and Jean get married and and they the Cuberts were were on art and things were just different after Image was formed. But I I have dude very I, yeah. I can't tell you what happened in the X Men after Claremont. I, it's well, there like you go. a huge blank. It's a right. Huge so it's blank. Be, and and again, though, part of that I guess is a cable. <laughs> but but you had <laughs> you had um and 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 did you saw the part, Jason, where where Claremont was so he had such a hold on on his mutants that. He he was practically. I guess he was beside himself when Byrne was going to be able to bring back Jean Grey, but in the pages of his own Fantastic Four. Oh yeah, yeah. And he and and Claremont was just like he was going bonkers. And then and then God forbid, holy crap! What do you mean Bob Layton and Jackson guys are going to do something with the original X Men with X Factor? And it was just like. It, and I think that was when he realized that you know the, these aren't his. What's and, interesting on that front, though, David, is that. Uh, Byrne blames Shooter for that, because um, in this in this thread he says, um, "I need to read this thread." I need to it's that. good, dude. Like, well, I, I in case we'd gotten into the book, I, like, there's this. Uh, Byrne is saying uh, he goes, um, "The most telling part of the whole move to DC slash Superman lies in how it distinguished the quote unquote management skills of the two top people running Marvel at the time, Jim Shooter and Mike Hobson." I sent a letter to both, telling them that I would be doing Superman but hope to continue on Fantastic Four. Mike responded with a letter wishing me luck and saying that anything that was good for DC could only be good for the industry as a whole and therefore good for Marvel. Shooter, on the other hand, responded by disallowing the Jean Grey Returns Fantastic Four story he had previously fully approved, ordering massive rewrites and redrawing, and even going so far as to get Claremont to do the rewrite. So, it's interesting. Cold. Like, Yeah, it's cold, right? <laughs> Now, Vince, you may already know this, because but but Byrne has like unbelievably uh, uh, pointed views on like the whole Stan everything, thing. <laughs> but like the Stan Kirby thing, like he's decidedly yeah. in in the like Kirby knew what he was in getting into camp because mm-hmm. we all knew what we were getting into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the man has his slices of ignorance, you know. <laughs> but he wasn't angry; he lived it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, he lived it more than you or I or David or Chris or anyone else. I mean, yeah. he lived it. Yeah, I, that was his point. I, like he lived it, right? I mean, it's true. But it, uh, the uh, the industry operated under different. Well, I don't want to say rules, but I don't know. I, I would like to. Uh, it's, it's just it's a conundrum, and we don't have a whole lot of time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, we can go for another half hour. Yet, so. Yeah. I, I want to read that for myself, though, just to see. Yeah, I'd like you to, only because, again, like, I, I think there's just some fascinating nuances to the whole thing. Like I said, I mean, I, I just uh, – and I'm not saying this like – I know we busted your chops a lot about the whole Kirby Stan thing. But 
I find the positioning to be just interesting and that it's, it's not really, it, it portrays the villains to be more Goodman and, uh, the people that bought Marvel after Goodman and the like that, that right. Stan maybe is guilty of not using his more better, more leveraged position of prominence, you know, exactly like yeah. to help his own people out. Like he could have maybe done more to sort of get them the props that he had. But like, I think, lazy history has started to portray it as like, oh, stand evil and robbed Kirby Vaughn. Like that's not I, I don't know how any objective person could look at what happened and say that's what happened, but I, I I'm not saying you couldn't say he, he didn't do the right thing in, in that that he didn't stand up for him more, but but I don't I, I don't know if that to me that's not the same thing. Like one is outright disgusting and the other one is just like not being a good friend. So I don't know, I view them differently. But like I said, we probably don't. That's probably a, that could be a, a two-hour two conversation on its own. Yes, a heated conversation. Yes, <laughs> we can have John uh, on as guests to, to chime in. That would be awesome. It would be. Hey. I wonder if he'd do it. Well, well Chris is no. our connection to him. Well, no, right. he uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, what about a year or two ago, said he was he was not going to do any uh, quote unquote interviews except uh, he would answer questions on his uh, forum, and that was it. So okay, well, he does do that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I you mean, can go to forum like, and ask him questions. Stuff like this is like from just a week or two ago. He's been like, yeah, he's, sure. There, very, it, very, he's very active there, but it's a very controlled environment. So as right. as much as much as I you know I I recall his work fondly. I I loved it. Bought Fantastic Four as it was coming out. Went with him when when he was doing the Superman books. I am a huge fan of Burn the Artist and. It's still no matter what happens, no matter who speaks to him or how he comes across, one thing that always sticks with me is this: there's one creator, one comic book creator who's no longer with us mm-hmm. that pretty much every other comic creator would say would be a stand-up guy, absolutely loves everybody. This one creator actually did a one-panel cartoon and he kind of hits the nail on the head when it comes to John Byrne. That was just the one time he he pokes fun at another creator. And of all the creators out there, it's John Byrne. Who is and that? Mike Waringo. Oh, okay. Yeah. And and it's it's basically it's 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 not so much it it the cartoon is is basically about how. Um, John Byrne has control over his form and, and there's a right way and a wrong way to do things on his form and it's just and that's his domain and that's what he controls and and don't stray from that and and that's that's what the cartoon's about but I I I've yet to hear anybody who's ever known him to say a bad thing about Ringo but we've all heard stories of of other people say something about Bernie, but if we've well, I mean, never experienced and and you spoke people to know Britain, people so know yeah people know what he is and and he's a huge ego and you know one of the the true i mean you will say what you will about him personally but, you know, without a doubt one of the true superstars that has ever worked absolutely in the media. i'd it's agree with pro- that. probably influences many people if not more than than neil adams did um oh just, yeah just, just just because the the timing and and you know and and how and how that all worked out um 
all I can go on is is my experience talking to the guy right. for you know probably combined about three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, gracious, uh, self uh, facing, self You know, made fun. No, is very self aware of of his persona and and how he's perceived by people. Um, yeah, d- just a gracious, funny. Um, you know, obviously you know, aware person. And so I, I got no problem with the guy. I, I grew up idolizing him as an artist and, uh, and the very brief amount of time I got to, got to spend talking to him. I'm like, yeah, you know, he knows, he knows. And you know what? We sit around here every, every freaking week spouting our opinions. And I'm, I'm, you know, uh, number one in that most of the time of just kind of um letting a, a stream of consciousness of my opinion you know pour out and you know if 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 as many people gave a shit about what we said as give a shit about what john Byrne says we would be <laughs> yeah. just as infamous you know and and he it i think a lot of working for image <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I think it, it's just he's he's got he's just like you know Alan Moore in that people people revere them so much for the work that they will sit and hang on every word that they say. Yeah. But the thing with the thing with Byrne and I think the thing with Miller uh, and and Moore and and you look at, at at all of those guys kind of from that time is that they end up getting asked questions that people. Are, are are soliciting a response you know they're they're looking oh sure sure the they're, they're pressing they're pushing the button sure yeah it's like you know and you know and burn will say stupid shit you know the with the uh the jessica all the stuff it was like uh really, really? yeah we need we need to do that john but you know people will still ask him things you know on you know in interviews or on the forum and they're looking that they're looking for the next quote and you know, it's like with Alan Moore. It's like you know, Alan, what are your uh, feelings on uh, Watchmen? And it's like you sure. know, he's he's on the record talking about that. And so I I think a lot of the stuff it becomes like this you know uh, self perpetuating cycle with Burn. But no, I got no problem with the guy. I think he's awesome. I my I have a prized piece of artwork in my collection. I own yeah, a John sure Burn page. Yeah, and it, yeah. It's like I look at it every morning. I'm like, I own a John Burn page. It's so yeah. nice. Oh, I'm, I'm, en- I'm envious of that. That 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 is that is a a uh, a nice gem to have to the collection. Like well, I said, I, I absolutely you know when it comes to his art, I mean the Iron Fist or Marvel Team Up or or Uncanny X Men. Oh, oh, absolutely. It's John. I just I just he is he he's pretty much the first creator I think where I had to say I can't. I can't read what you say outside of comics. I, I listened to your really? interview. I love the interview. Yeah, he because he he'll say things, and I'm just like I kind of just have to. You you can. There are there, there have been instances where, um, especially, uh, well, th- there's a situation with crisscross, not the two kids. No, the, no, uh, but you know. So I mean, there there are just times where I mean where where things have been said where I kind of cringe, and it's it's hard for me to say. No, he would never say that. I, it, he's one of those people who I can't. I, it, it's it's harder for me to give him the benefit of doubt because he's been around for so long. But I look at his artwork and I'm just like, it's John Byrne, though. So you know, I at the at the end of the day, though, I think he's actually a pretty good guy. I I agree with you. I based on what you guys talked about when he was on your show, I can't disagree. 
So, yeah, I can either listen to him talk to you guys where you guys are actually having a back mm-hmm. and forth or I can go and read something on the page and 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 figure out if it's got the uh, uh an editorial bias to it. And and I just, you know, so I just I I I tend not to. I just avoid it. Yeah, it's you know, it's like, I think that I think that Byrne is a good guy. I think that I think that Alan Moore is probably a very good person. Yes. Frank Miller yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> not for sure yeah chris and i think he had eye on more people than we don't yeah yeah so it's i mean you just you know i love whatever. frank miller i would take yeah. a bullet for frank miller yeah no, it's, it's, as a creator yeah, you but, wait on a line. yeah but but good guy you saying that is like i feel like as you're insulting us because i think you would take a bullet for us but like i don't like i would no, hope that you would i would hope that the bar is i almost took a sharpie to the eye from Frank Miller. Yeah, so, yeah. Really? It's not not very much different than a bullet. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Wait, did, I mean, he, did he think he that you were one of the Occupy much, people? No, you put too oh, much stuff. Before that, this was... Uh, I was just trying to get you going. Um, no, he had a temper tantrum at a convention I was at, and he started flinging Sharpies around, and one of really? them, you know, yeah, yeah. He might, nice. he might have had the drink a little you bit think? before or that. The drink? I thought it was rubbing alcohol. Like maybe his muscles were sore. I don't know. (laughs) It hit you in the eye. You could have sued him for like the profits from the spirit. Oh Jesus! I was just thankful that he made the movie in the first place. Anyway, hey everybody, reading some of the stuff in this in these threads is is rather entertaining. (laughs) I just (laughs) yeah yeah, it's funny. You have been listening to Eleven O'clock Comics episode what two. 54. Uh, Brought to you by who? Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com. Get your stuff cheap. Get it shipped to your house. Don't leave. Cheap, cheap, fun, fun. They are so awesome. DCBService.com. In your travels, I mentioned it before. I'll mention it again. Illustrated by Mike Holmes. Written by Joey Como. Created by the great Pendleton Ward. It's Bravest Warriors from Kaboom. Do yourself a favor. Read this book. Don't do what I do and go into it comparing it to Adventure Time right off the bat because it is a completely different animal. Yes, it is. Once I filtered that um, out of the uh, perception, it is a great series. I love Mm. it on on the YouTube. You can go to uh, Cartoon Hangover and watch... 10 episodes, I think, of uh, 9 or 10 episodes of Bravest Warriors. But be warned, the comic is a little bit different than the uh, cartoon. They're, they're, it's, a, it's got a weird split to it where um, it's almost as if they were created by, the, obviously created by the same guy, Pendles Award, but he didn't tell the dudes doing the comic book the same stuff he told the dudes doing the cartoons. It's it's odd. The, one of the lead characters, Chris Kirkman, in the cartoon, is some something called an emotion lord. He's a time traveler who goes back in time to tell his past self little little nuggets of wisdom and try to to get him to like steer him on the path to certain things. That's not even mentioned in the comic, and it's a huge part of the cartoon, you know. And in the comic, you have a character named Plum. Who has uh, uh, she has two brains <laughs> and two different mm-hmm. characters occupying uh, panel time? She maybe pops up in the cartoon once, 
You know, so it's there's a different approach to each thing. Both are great. You need to watch the cartoons, and the comic is just fantastic. Like Adventure Time, it gets progressively darker with each issue. It's it's crazy. I love mm. it a lot, and, and I and um, <laughs> it, it's just it's funny, great stuff. In in it's in the Adventure Time mold, only applied to spacefaring heroes who blow up entire planets to solve problems. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Bravest Warriors. Yeah. Respect. Uh, I've got a little. Uh... Uh, comic book and music um, Ooh, uh, companion so to it. So I uh, uh, finally picked up the the Hellboy Volume Five, the archive edition, and was rereading the Wild Hunt, and uh, uh, found a perfect musical companion to go with it. And that's the new Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds record, "Push the Sky Away." Uh, it's awesome. It's so good. I heard. So that. good. I heard that. It's yeah. so yeah. good. So good. Nick Cave the is last Nick Cave I bought was the double, um, the uh, Abattoir, the Wire, uh, Wire Orpheus. Yeah, Orpheus. Yeah, it's Orpheus, the last yeah. one I bought. That's good. Um, Actually, you don't have Dig Lazarus Dig? No, I don't. Oh, dude, it's so good. It's such it's such a rock album, though. I'm t- I fall off. I, I I love artists for a long time, and then I just mm-hmm. kind of I don't know why. I just oh, you, you, I get, you should yeah you should get Dig Dig Lazarus Dig. It's 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 like the Nick Cave and Bad Seeds rock album. It's so good. Cool. One of the one of their absolute best. The best. It's good. I I'm stuck on Murder Ballad, so I love that album. It's classic. It's dark, man. April first, I'm going to see him. So excited. Uh I am once we finish here tonight, I think I'm going to read the second issue, but uh talked about a little bit over the weekend, but I am going to say to check out the first issue of the all-new volume of Uncanny X-Men. Oh, nice. Brian Michael Bendis is, is writing the X-Books. Four, something cool happens. Well, is that... <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Bacalo is, is, is doing the art. Bacalo with a couple of different anchors and it looks amazing. I, he always draws a cute little Maria Hill, but um, do they have a coffee table in the mansion? I don't know because we're not in. No, well, this is Cyclops, so we're not dealing with the mansion. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't oh, know. Nice. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know where everyone would like sit around and talk in this. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. Uh, you, you no, can't, if you want to see talk, women, though, if you want to see talking, Chris, you can read some Hickman books, though. Because there's a lot of that going on in some new. Adventures. I'm actually I'm 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 finally reading Manhattan Projects, and I think it's damn right entertaining. I will be reading it soon. It's 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 on my- it's, it's very 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 entertaining. I I love oh, it man. so far. But yeah, Uncanny un- X-Men. Sweet. Um, I have a uh, a in your travels. Uh, go listen to something. Um, and that is uh, again not to be a downer, but uh, I did want to mention this uh so donnie salvo who is uh our buddy we know him he's a uh a fellow podcaster and a frequent collaborator with sean Pryor. um he he used to be a co-host of a uh of a of a podcast that's uh no longer around called reality wasted and one of his uh co-hosts on that show was a guy named greg dubno and uh greg passed away uh mm. this, this past week Hmm. Uh, I never got to meet Greg, but I, I 
do know him from the show, but uh, it's one of Donnie's really good friends. And so Donnie, um, on his, uh, on his, uh, um, on nothing's on the nothing's on, uh, which is you know Daryl Taylor's uh, feed. Uh, he put out an episode uh, where he brings back Reality Wasted. It's episode one hundred six, and it's a, just a tribute to Greg. So um, I know that uh, Donnie was you know just it meant a lot to him to sort of I guess you know say goodbye to his friend. And a fellow fan of comics and creators, so I just uh, I wanted to shout that out because uh, you know it's really the least I could, we could do. So yeah. in your travels, give that a listen, and uh, and, and then uh, you know go back and read something happy to make you smile. What uh, what did he die from? Uh, I'm not sure. I think he had a heart attack. I'm, I'm not sure. He was oh. like 42, so I, I don't know ah. if there were extenuating circumstances or what have you. But yeah, he uh, he yeah he, he I don't think he had kids. I, I think he. Uh, he had a serious girlfriend that he lived with, uh, and a, I think a sister. And uh, his parents are still alive. But I don't. I don't think he had kids. Which I guess if there's ever a silver lining in somebody passing, that's it's that. I guess because you know it's hard to. But no, I, I don't. I don't know much beyond it. Uh, you know, it, it definitely was unexpected. I don't think he was in poor health or anything. So, mm. yeah. Sorry to be. Sorry to end on a downer, but I, I didn't. You know, I know it meant a lot to Donnie that people give this a listen. So I just give it a listen. Donnie's a good man. Yeah. yeah. And sounds exactly like Jake from Adventure Time. But <laughs> it's ridiculous. So. <laughs> oh, no. There you go. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Uh, thank you for being here. No thanks to Jason for dragging us down, but it happens, and you got to deal with it, right? Yeah, sorry. Life. It's life. That's what the I love you guys. <laughs> yeah, we'll be back next week. Uh, I hope Dude, you join we're less us. than two months away from our road trip. I know. I know I'm getting so excited. Good. Oh, it's gonna be yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. We got to figure out dinner See, though. Picking because, you back up. Picking you yeah, back up. Yeah, the, I'm getting all the musical selections ready for the car ride. Oh God. Dude, yes. you're not. You're not. You're not controlling Japanese the steering wheel. I control noise. the steering wheel. I control the radio. Who says you're controlling I, I, the steering I, I, wheel? Well, that's just yep. how it is. <laughs> Dude, yeah. listen to me. I, I'll, I'll I'll book a flight right now if you're going to start playing. Crazy <laughs> oh, hours. Eight hours. That's me. Eight, twelve. Japanese noise. Dude, Vince, you you can't. I'm serious. It's gonna <laughs> it's gonna ruin my mood if you, no. if you play music. I can't get into. It'll it'll be a mix. Don't don't even let him play you like that. He see he takes me so seriously sometimes. Dude, I listen to the intro and outro music. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, who's the Ouch. douche now? <laughs> oh, <laughs> like I said, I'm John Burns. Full circle, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Goes around, comes around. Karma's a bitch. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> hey, buddies, let's forget. It. I couldn't go to the road trip last year, so that's right. Nah, we're gonna I'm live it up. Looking forward to it. I'm starting. I'm starting to plan. I got four more squares on my JLA jam piece, and I got uh, I got two people picked out for them. Of the, of the four, so yeah, I'm psyched. I am going to be JMP centric, like a muff hook up in this. Mm-hmm. Movie. Umberto Ramos wow. will be there. Oh, I don't know about that, but um, you don't like Umberto Ramos? I love Umberto Ramos, but I'm not paying like fifty bucks to have him draw a two inch square. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, more power to you, though, dude. As we've established, <laughs> your your jam piece is <laughs> quite a bit costlier than than uh, than others. You've yeah. you've. Once you committed, see, once you get that first square where you pay a lot for, you might as well go all in because then you want to make each square as good as that one you already paid. Yeah, you don't want to yeah. pull down like the Neil Adams, you know. You want to. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, as we say in the poker world, you're pot committed. <laughs> I am. I'm all in. Yeah. Pot. More squares. 
four more squares. Yep. So that's my goal. That's my goal for C2E2 this year is to get that damn thing finished. That's cool. Yeah, my goal is to get my two my two half-done ones done. Mm-hmm. The Avengers and the X-Men. I mean the, the Avengers and Alpha Flight. So. Sweetness. Maybe I'll even get Vince to do the last square in one of them. Oh, Christ, no. Yeah. Oh, dude. no. Yeah, dude. I, that would be so nerve-wracking. Right dude. in between, like, Hardman and... Uh, exactly. And it doesn't say no more. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be shrinking like I'm in ice water. <laughs> Wouldn't that be an any? Uh, micro. So it's going to be like That's a funny. Key. That's funny. All right. All go right, to bed. We're, we're gone. We'll be back go next week because we love you so much. Join us. Peace. Bye. See you. Right. Peace Bye. out. Later. All day. Come on, take me.